0: And welcome into the Wednesday Windup, everybody. I'm Jack Heim. To my left is Mitchell Smedley. Woo! It's that time again, but that's not the only new thing to the show. New intro and a big, fresh new announcement. The Wednesday Steaming Windup. Steaming off the press. Steaming off the press, folks. Sit down. This news is ground breaking. Grab your socks. The Wednesday Windup will now be expanding to not only Wednesdays. We will be now. Drum roll, please, Mitchell. Ta-da. We will now be expanding and adding a Monday show to the slate. Uh it's gonna be a fresh, exciting new time. Uh we Monday figured it's gonna be it's gonna be just great for just the listeners, great for us. I think it's gonna add a lot of new content to the show. Uh it's gonna make the viewership and listening experience that much better, also. We'll be able to bring you, you know, greater in-depth breakdowns, fresh reactions from the past weekend slate of games for NFL and college. That way you won't have to wait till Wednesday to get last week's uh you know reactions we can react yeah. on Monday and preview the next week on Wednesday so we think it'll give you, you know, a much more in-depth analysis at you know just specific matchups and, and the week and in general so we don't got to cram it in there like the uh, the saints at the end absolutely you know we'll be able to get everything we want to talk about in uh so it's fresh new excitement uh, and we hope you know all the listeners out there are very excited to be hearing us now not once a week but twice a week Mitch yeah i'm super
1: ecstatic just, you know, now my Mondays are, are busier, but I mean, who would I rather spend it with than Jack Heim? Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, that touched you know,
0: pulls the heartstrings, Mitch. Thank you so much. But I mean, it's just... <laughs> I love you, Jack. Oh, I love you too, buddy. But- Almost as
1: much as I love NFL football. Absolutely. It is back, and it is so good. Oh, so much happened this week. That's what we're going to start off with today. we got a few matchups we're going to highlight. Oh, man, it was just great. I mean, let's just... From the top, couple sentences here. I mean, what, what did you think, Jack? Because I was in heaven sitting down watching football all day Sunday. Had my fantasy team going. I got the, the uh, week one W. Uh, Dak Prescott got hurt, though. That was my quarterback. So I, I wheeled and dealed, became Howie
0: Roseman. I got a trade I'll get your opinions on later. But what you're feeling watching NFL football I mean, it was it was great. It was great. Uh, You know, the first half was a little rough for my fantasy team, but I think it was for everybody. It was a you know, it was a slow start for a lot of teams. Very. But once the ball got rolling, things were exciting. There was a lot to a lot of action uh, and so much to break down. But yeah, it's just great to have NFL football back and new seasons ahead. uh, New teams rising to contenders. Teams, you know, taking some steps back, but, you know, that'll that'll be determined as the season goes on. But we got our first look uh, at these teams in true, meaningful game action now that the preseason has come and gone.
1: Well, you talk about a rising contender and some teams uh, taking steps forward. That that pretty much describes the first matchup we're going to check out. It's the Hometown Birds with a first-week W uh, on their road to Super Bowl 57. Uh, The Eagles taking down the Lions. (laughs) This game was a lot closer than it felt. Uh, the the final score will tell you it was 38-35 in favor of Philly over Detroit. However, uh, most people watching the game, at least me, I, I felt like the Lions never really had a shot at this after the first quarter. Uh, it got a little close at the end, but Miles Sanders cleaning up uh, with the third down. Uh, carry for first down really sealed the deal on this one. Jack, you know, division rival, you're a Giants fan. We'll get to you in a second, but what did you take? Did the Eagles... Really uh, have a good game plan? Should they have won by more? What did you take from a
0: close, ending up being close win over the uh, over the Lions? Well, offensively, there was a lot of positives to take away. Uh, Jalen Hurts played a pretty clean game; didn't throw for a touchdown, but didn't turn the ball over either. 243 yards; it's an average game through the air. But I felt where his best impact had was on the ground 17 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown you know that dual threat capability that Hurts has that was on full display in week one against the Lions Uh, but another thing was there was plenty of red zone rushing options you know Sanders got in for a touchdown Boston Scott Kenneth Gainwell four different eagle rushers get into the end zone for a touchdown I mean for an offense that really you know red zone wasn't the greatest rushing attack of last year it was brutal you know Sanders didn't register a touchdown if I'm you I are believe.
1: correct. It, we had a, a moment of great rejoicing in my apartment as, as Sanders went in for the score. Uh, just putting that that last year of zero touchdowns behind us and moving into a brighter future.
0: Absolutely. You know, getting the monkey off his back, if you will, getting into the end zone early for his first touchdown of the 2022 campaign. But again, offensively, you know, for me, A.J. Brown was a monster. Oh, was he? Dynamic.
1: Oh, hallelujah. How uh, many times have we talked and I've said it just feels good to have a real receiver, a real clear, number one bona fide receiver
0: on this football team here in Philadelphia. Haven't had it since Deshaun Jackson. Absolutely. You know, he goes for 10 for a buck fifty five, averaging fifteen and a half per catch. I mean you just an incredible game. An incredible game plan by Nick Sirianni in this offense. Scheming to get A.J. Brown open. Different looks, screens, deep shots, uh, many of ways. And we saw a lot more deep shots in the Eagles' offense. Uh, week 1, I expect to see more of the same with the dynamic threats they have on the outside now. Uh, mm-hmm. This offense is going to be fun to watch in 2022. It's, it's really going to be great. And and we didn't even see Devontae Smith. He didn't register a catch.
1: So you add a whole nother dimension of this to an offense that scored 38 points against a weak defense, albeit. However, let's get to defense because the Eagles' defense... A lot of a lot of people are worried. They they had the pick six. They had some you know three straight three and outs. But other than that, I mean the second half they got chewed up. What did you make of all the all the new additions? You know, is it going to take some time to mesh, or are the are the Eagles' defense just not up to it
0: yet? I'm not willing to make a total complete you know. Conclusion on this group after one week, but from the early goings, I did not like what I saw. Uh, the Lions' offensive line really had their way with the Eagles' defensive line when they wanted to. Uh, you know, not not what was, not what I was expecting uh, going into this game. I was expecting this Eagles' front to be a lot more physical, and they just looked like they got dominated. Uh, whenever the Lions really wanted to go on the ground, DeAndre Swift had an incredible game, 15 for 144 and a touchdown. You know, a lot of that was boosted from a 50-yard carry early on in first the first carry
1: of the game. I believe it yeah. was you know right from the start just gashing, uh, the Eagles, they, the Lions went right down the field, put the ball in the end zone up seven, nothing, you know, it was really uh, shocking. And then the Eagles settled in and, uh, you know, with the help of that pick six by Bradbury, they, they, uh, three straight three and outs that pick, you know, Eagles went on a 20, 21 to nothing run and really kind of opened it up. And, and, you know, it was back and forth between one or two or three scores for most of the remainder of the game until it, it did get close at the end. Um, I think, personally, that, uh, you know, Howie Roseman, he got on the phones this offseason. He brought in a lot of new faces. You know, we have Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, who both need to play more. Uh, James Bradbury had the pick six. He had the big play. Uh, you know, just working on, on pass defense uh, as a whole now, uh, where really, I don't think the secondary was as much of a concern uh, over the weekend with with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, um, big play Slade doing what he does, and Bradbury, obviously, with the big play. Uh I I think really Jack hit on it that the problem was the rushing defense and that's you know getting Jordan Davis more involved getting you know your linebackers more involved that you just got uh, that's going to help with that although uh, you know Barnett I believe is out for the season I saw with a I I think I think it was a torn ACL if I do remember correctly Jack Um, you know so there is there is reason to be concerned about the rushing defense something that the Eagles usually pride themselves on Um, so Once again, I think it just uh, really is left up to, remains to be seen. My personal feeling is this is going to be a strong defense. It's going to be a strength of the team. And it won't be giving up 35 every week, uh, uh, even though it did to a subpar Lions team. Let's move on to another subpar team that surprised this week. And
0: this is Jack's team. Jack. How about them giants? How about them? But real quick before we get into that discussion, a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community, the Women's Center and the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center are joining KUAB Health Promotions and the Health and Wellness Center for the Alive Mental Health and Suicide Prevention Fair on Tuesday, September 27th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in McFarland Student Union Room 218. This four-hour suicide prevention program is both interactive and educational, so please be sure to come. This message of, ra- of, this message of community, community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR. Struggled to get out that last we part. We got there, though. But we did. Just
1: like the Giants, for those unaware. Um, game-winning field goal miss uh, is the story down in uh, Tennessee. Titans had an opportunity after a, what a call, Uh, After the Giants seemingly tied the game, uh, down seven, scored a touchdown. But uh, the Giants went for two. Uh, Didn't play for overtime. They played for the win. And it looked like uh, Saquon was going to be stopped a couple of times. But there he is, diving into the end zone to take the lead with... uh, It was about a minute left on the clock, if I recall. Tennessee drives down, puts themselves in position to win the game. However, the kick, as we saw multiple times
0: this week was no good. Jack, what did you make of your giant squad in week 1? Uh, you know, it was a gutsy win. It was a hard-fought win for the guys and, you know, I was impressed with the way Saquon looked. He looked like rookie Saquon again, fully yeah. healthy. He had that burst and explosiveness to his game. And, you know, Daniel Jones outside of that horrendous late interception uh where he just didn't take his eyes off Saquon, and looked, you know, just stared him down and threw it right at the defender, you know, terrible throw, but outside of that, Jones looked pretty good. And, you know, he ran into a couple of sacks, but You know, outside of a couple of mistakes, he didn't turn the ball over that much. You know, we've seen him put the ball on the ground in years past. He didn't in this game. And he was able to keep the Giants in this one uh, and let him down the field for an impressive last drive capped off by that Saquon. Big play for the two-pointer to make it 21-20. And then, of course, you know, you got fortunate at the end with the Randy Bullock missed 47-yard field goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for most of the day, the defense showed up to play. They stifled Derrick Henry for only 83 yards on the ground. Very impressed with that unit. But the only concerns I have on the defense-wise – Secondary, I don't like our corners, and especially this upcoming week. We'll get to it later in the show. Yep. Uh, but they don't have Aaron Robinson. You know, he had his appendix removed. He will not be able to play against Carolina this upcoming week. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to uh, look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, even um, with the offense showing the big playability with uh, Sterling Shepherd for 75 yard uh, touchdown, um, that was exciting, uh, and I think reason to be to be positive. Even if Bullock makes the field goal, uh, Jack, I think people come away from Week One saying, well, you put yourself in position to win and and the number one seed in the AFC last year had to win on a last second field goal against these Giants. Uh, It turned out to be a win, which I think is a, a, you know, it's obviously an added bonus, but I think people would have been impressed with this squad and and Daniel Jones and Saquon, even if uh, the kick went through the upright. So, you know, looks like uh, by the look of things, the Giants are the number one competition for the Eagles in the division. How about that? Who saw that coming? As my headphones cut out a couple times, I shouldn't twist the cord while I'm talking. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, they're not really on our on our highlighted games here, so we'll just I'll just briefly mention them. Um, Dallas got not the doors beat off them, but was not looking good in their loss to Tampa. That should have been a much wider open game, and then to add a lot of insult to injury, you lose your quarterback for uh, well. It could be four, it could be six to eight weeks. Uh, we're hearing some different things out of uh, you know Dallas and, and Dak versus what Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones is saying. But unfortunate situation to lose Dak to a broken finger. And then uh, Carson Wentz looking actually pretty good for the Commanders against Jacksonville. They get the win. So uh, I, I think out of the the two other winning teams,
0: though, the Giants, clearly the better team than the Commanders. How do you see it? I would agree. You know, Wentz looked good, but it was a roller coaster game. You got yeah. what you expected from Wentz. He threw a couple of bad interceptions, led Jacksonville right back into the game, and they you know had they had to scratch and claw at the end to go down the field and win that game. Uh, but Wentz was able to get it done. Uh, they do travel to Detroit. We'll talk about that because we're going to give our week two picks So, you know, whole slate. Uh, but you know, it's just well, Washington's one to know, I'm not really high in the Commanders this year. I'm not Me personally. Neither. You know, my preseason predictions. I had the Commanders as a five win team, and I'm willing to come out here and say that. You know, despite their week one win over Jacksonville, didn't show me a lot that they didn't already know about this team. Uh, Their defense looked okay. They made stops when they had to. uh, But Wentz, you know, it's just all right. You know, he threw four touchdowns, 300 yards, but those two interceptions, he's going to turn the ball over one to two times a game. He he can play some clean games, but he will make some mistakes, and he can definitely put it in the hands of the defense. He's 20% of the way there, Jack.
1: He's 20% accomplished your line for him. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, Final matchup. Do we got some time before the break? Yep. We do yes, yeah we, we do. got a couple minutes let's dive into potentially the game of the week here i mean steelers Bengals, what and what a roller coaster ride nobody wanted to win this game uh this was an overtime win for the pittsburgh steelers on a chris boswell made field goal after a chris boswell missed field goal after a evan mcpherson missed field goal and extra point uh all within like the final two minutes and overtime uh joe burrow five turnovers in the game four interceptions and a fumble uh Najee Harris for the Steelers uh foot injury I think it was a foot injury uh yes. hobbled off the field questionable for week two I mean Jack just a messy game all around what's your uh what are your takeaways from this one because a lot of
0: people were stunned by this Harry game yeah and you know it's I saw a path where the Steelers could win this game but not the way they did it they forced Joe Burrow to look like a bad quarterback, bad I mean, quarterback, man. Arguably, the worst game of Joe Burrow's career probably is the worst game of, of his career. Four interceptions. Make it Fitzpatrick looked incredible. Uh, Starting off early with a pick six, he continued to make big time plays, including blocking the extra point to send it to overtime. Yep. So, I mean, he was a he was a guy who made his name well known. Uh, you know, well, all throughout the day. I mean, he made, he made big time play after big time play, and really, you have to credit that whole defensive unit for Pittsburgh. I mean, they were able to stuff Joe Mixon in the run for the most part, except for a couple big gashes. Jamar Chase, you know his, you know he's going to make an impact, but they limited him. And of course, T. Higgins leaving early in that game with a concussion that definitely changed the game because it took away Burrow's second best, you know, option. But Tyler Boyd stepped up and filled it pretty well, including catching a touchdown. So, you know, once Burrow settled in after that really horrendous start, he looked all right, uh, but never really settled into a full comfort, you know, level all day.
1: No, it was only a uh, was it seventeen fourteen or twenty seventeen was the final score. I think 2320. It was 20. Oh, 23 Oh, okay. So I was going to say, wow, not a lot of points, but okay, 2320, I had it uh 3 points south. Um yeah, really I I mean, just the uh the ability for Pittsburgh to make Joe Burrow look that bad his first game after the Super Bowl. I mean, th- these were the the Bengals that were in the Super Bowl and almost won the Super Bowl, Jack. They were right there for it. And to come out and is this Super Bowl hangover? I mean, the Rams got utterly embarrassed on Thursday night as well uh just total chaos in week one totally unforeseen uh Joe burrow really one of the quarterbacks of the year last year I, I think five turnovers was outside of anyone's expectations for him and uh the Bengals traveled to Dallas, Dallas if I yeah Dallas if I remember correctly and I mean they they're gonna have a, a punching bag on the Cowboys it looks like if things go south here there's gonna be some this division is going to be. Even more wide open than it, you know, already is because I I had the Bengals winning this division. Now the Ravens or the Steelers could swipe it, and and the Browns won. So crazy stuff out there in the uh, in these. Uh, that's the North, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, crazy crazy times. Uh, di- these divisional games, though, we talked about it when we made our picks anything can happen in these crazy grimy divisional games and that's exactly what I think we got here.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back we'll get right into our right back into our week 1 breakdown of the NFL slate. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Windup. And welcome back to the Wednesday Windup. Mitchell Smedley,
1: Jack Heim over there. And we are discussing NFL week 1 all the rambunctious action we were, you know, waiting for for months and months in the offseason and we travel from the AFC North to the NFC South a divisional matchup once again the Saints and the Falcons I know I uh, I know a few Falcons fans uh one of them texts me about the show so we'll have to see what he thought of uh of this you know little crazy game here but the the Falcons leading most of the day uh, up to about I think it was 16 points at the peak right yes yeah it was 26-10 if i remember correctly uh, something along those lines. Uh, twenty-three-seven, actually, maybe. And the that no, was twenty-six ten. You were right. Oh, I had it right the first time. I should have stuck with it. Let it be a lesson to all you out there. However, with the help of Michael Thomas and a blocked field goal, the Saints storm back in comeback fashion to get a
0: first week win
1: against yes, their divisional did. opponent.
0: Jack takeaways, Saints Falcons. Falcons look good for a majority of this game, you know, right till the end. But they do what they do. They find a way. <laughs> they find a way to just choke away games. Isn't I mean, it miraculous? I mean, 99% win probability. You know, the Falcons Yeah, you know, I'd give them the better chance of losing than wrapping up the game if you give them a 90, 99% win probability. As crazy as that sounds. But, uh, you know, it's just... It's wow. It's just wow. But honestly, my takeaway is the Falcons looked good. They looked a lot better than I thought they did up until that fourth quarter. Uh, Michael Thomas is back. Uh, I don't think there's any debate about that with his two touchdown performance in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah. He looked really good. Uh even so, he was, you know, foaming from the mouth, salivating, so he I was uh don't know about that one. He there. was on a menace menace mode. Uh but, you know, he is seemingly back to what he was before all the injuries happened, so it's good to see such a tantalizing talent uh get back to his former form. That but, was
1: that was my biggest thing, not only because he's on my on my fantasy team as my flex option but it's just great to see a former great of the game you know with the record-setting year in 2019 and just so many setbacks to finally feel like he's back you know i think it's good for football to have the big guy for the saints be here once again um another guy that seems to or look to be here again Jameis winston what do you what do you make of
0: famous Jameis? Uh, I love Famous Jameis. He's, he's my guy. <laughs> he's my guy. He went to Florida State. So hey, my, my, there you go. my favorite college team. But, you know, it's just, he looked good in the fourth quarter. You know, the turnovers weren't there. He threw for 269, two touchdowns and threw two big touchdowns and let him down the field for that Will Lutz game winning field goal. Uh, so, you know, when clutch time came, Jameis Winston shined the brightest and really stepped up for the Saints when they needed it the most to come back and beat, you know, a Falcons team that a lot of people thought weren't that good, but again, I mentioned they already did look good in this game, and I'm going to say it again, it's a recurring theme, we'll see how they look against the Rams next week, and we'll talk about that later on, of course, but again, uh, it's just, you know, Winston, the Saints' offense, turned it on when needed, but my one concern for the Saints is uh, Kamara, I mean, what happened? Oh, man. He ribs. Nothing. He's got a rib injury. Rib injury.
1: Yeah, he, I... uh, he should play week two, uh, he should be playing, but he was hampered by a little rib injury there. Um, I mean, Kamara, he, he already has uh, enough on his plate with the looming you know, off-the-field situation. But now you add in uh, an actual physical potential injury here. And uh, the the Saints ground game, I mean, uh, Mark Ingram had a, a fumble as well. So it's not looking good for the, the Saints ground game. It, it puts a lot more weight on Jameis Winston if you can't run it with a, with a talent like Kamara. And if you don't have a solid option like like uh, Ingram, if you don't have the trust in him to hold on to the football... I mean, that really puts a lot of quarter uh, a lot of quarterback on pressure. A lot of pressure on the quarterback uh, to really make plays. And we've seen Jameis before when he feels forced make the mistakes down in Tampa. We've seen this before. Uh, so if I'm a Saints fan, I'm nervous that, that all of this is on Jameis. However, I mean, if you'd want anyone to have your quarterbacks back, it's Michael Thomas. I mean, star receiver here. So we'll see if that sort of safety blanket aspect can help Jameis Winston. I'm personally pulling for him, uh, you know the Saints. You know I'm a Panthers guy, so I'm not really rooting for the Saints. But I like a good uh, a good journeyman in uh, Jameis Winston there. Transitioning to the other quarterback in this matchup, Marcus Mariota, surprisingly good performance, and um, I, that's really just all you can say. Although he didn't put the game away, Jack, you think he you think this is
0: overall positive for Mariota or overall negative? Uh, I mean. It's a positive performance, but I'm not sold that the Falcons are going to be able to take the positives in this game and transition it to next week and week's future because they do have such a tough opponent coming up, going on the road. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow taking a loss like that. You know, mm-hmm. the Falcons have had these in years past, and while Mariota looked good, two fifteen through the air, seventy two and a touchdown on the ground, I I mean, the Rams are going to be hungry next week. We know that. Oh. and you know, that I wouldn't want to face blowout loss on Thursday Night Football to open the year. I it doesn't look like it's going to be a positive look for the Falcons. I, you know, uh, it's tough, but you know, positive performance. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Mariota can take this. You know, as a positive in the future, but I think he can play well. The talent is there. Mariota was a very talented quarterback coming out of college. Yeah, you know, he got a chance, but then you know things didn't work out in Tennessee, and then went to went to the Raiders. Never really got an opportunity there, so he's kind of just been. You know, after his starting times in Tennessee, it's been. You know, kind of just the backseat driver kind of deal. Uh, but now he's getting his chance again. And in week one, he proved he's trying to make the most of it and played pretty well. He, yeah, I think he at least proved he belongs here. He he can play at this level. And,
1: uh, I mean, let's be honest. He doesn't have the most star-studded roster around him. But he does have playmakers like Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson. Drake London. Drake London now as well, yeah. Just drafted and... Uh, I mean, it's really interesting to, to say, but I think, um, you know, Mariota impressed more than the quarterback in his old home, Tennessee. I, I think uh, the Falcons really might have something here with Marcus Mariota. I, and I, I always get sucked into these, you know, I'm like, oh, let's see what Jameis can do. And, and I'm, I'm still a Wentz believer, you know, I love a good uh, revival story. That's just kind of one of my soft spots. But, you know, Falcons fans, I think, uh, I think you do have a bright spot here. Uh, finding Mariota, and um, you know, uh, as an Eagles fan, I can be like, uh, maybe it's a Nick Foles situation, and maybe you can
0: hold on to a lead in your Super Bowl, Falcons. Maybe, but maybe. you know, one of the biggest things, yeah. Oh my goodness, twenty three tough times. <laughs> oh <but>. my god,
1: <laughs> Patriots win the Super
0: Bowl. Yep. Brady has his fifth. Oh my goodness, I was I was in shambles for the Falcons fans because I was falling for Atlanta to win. I just Me they too. were they were just such a good story that year. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. You know that connection was incredible. You know Devonte Freeman, the former Seminole, uh, was doing good things on the ground, but they just weren't able to close it out. But you know, I think one of the biggest problems is that Week One is the biggest overreaction week of the year. Yeah. You know, everyone just loves to run away with these stories and say, "Well, you know, you know, like for example, the Bears beat the Forty Nine ers. Are the Bears going to be a good football no, team? no, not. the Bears are not a good football team. Did you <laughs> see the field they were playing in Lake Michigan for crying out loud? So I mean, it was just an absolute monsoon there. You know, credit to the Bears for getting it done, but, you know, that's just an example. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, are the Seahawks going to be a good team? They were able to beat the Broncos. And while, they, while Geno Smith did look good in that game, I'm, uh, again, not convinced. You know, Jamal Adam, are you agree? not
1: convinced? I'm not convinced of Seahawks. You're not
0: convinced Geno's got DK over there. I know, but the defense, I don't like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, the
1: defense, I, I don't understand I, the level of incompetency
0: from Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. It's unreal. That's terrible. I, oh, not my just God. him.
1: Two of your. Two of your players fumble inside the five. Yeah. What are you guys doing in Denver, Broncos country? Let's hide.
0: <laughs> yeah. Between the red zone woes and the absolutely ab- abysmal clock management late in the game. Oh,
1: what was that? And, and to top it all off,
0: the, the decision of all decisions on Monday Night Football. I mean,
1: Jack, you. This is the reason you're a competitor because you paid Russell Wilson. You gave him this huge, you know, this trade and everything. And then you have that to get five yards and keep things going. Or option B, try and tie for the longest kick in NFL history.
0: Yeah, second longest by Tucker's make last year. Or was it 64? I think it was equal 65. to 64. I think it was
1: 64. We'll check it. We'll check it. We'll, we'll get the we, statistician we check it But that. still,
0: it, it, the point still stands. You take the ball out of your quarterback's hands, who is in... All world—I wouldn't say all world talent—but he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer, ah, uh, but he's a very good quarterback. And you take the ball out of his hands to kick, you know, a sixty-plus-yard field goal, and McManus has never made one before. He's zero exactly. for two uh, from sixty-plus uh, field goal try attempts, and you know you do it again. So you know Nathaniel Hackett, you know you can acknowledge in the post-game that you made a mistake, but now you have to be able to move on from that and manage the clock a lot better. Yep. Uh but you know you have to remember where he came from. He was with Green Bay, and they made the mistake in the NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers a couple years ago, where they decided to kick the field goal down eight uh, and take it out of Rodgers' hands. Yep. So, I mean, that is just, you know, it's not—I'm not going to say I'm surprised. I was surprised. But, uh, you know, again, you have to look at the past trends and what he's done in the past and the parts of the decision-making he's been in the past and say, look, you know, that was a mismanagement of proportions in one of the biggest games of the year. Uh, and he does it again here in week one. So you know, hopefully he can learn his lesson and move on and manage the clock better for the Broncos. But you know, that was just an ugly loss to take uh, for for Denver to start the season.
1: It was really, uh, really disgusting. Aside from the, I mean, I would love to say aside from the Judy uh, touched it long touchdown, they they didn't have offense, but they did, and they they just found ways to throw it away. You know, whether it's kicking a couple field goals, fumbling twice, like things just were totally, totally mismanaged when you had the building blocks for a win there up in Seattle. Um, all right, let's move on to a couple of the uh, the Broncos' divisional opponents, actually. The Raiders' Chargers. Jack, this was a game we didn't really know how it was going to go. It ended up going the way of the Chargers. Unfortunately, they did uh, win at, a, at the cost of Keenan Allen for a, a minor injury. Um, I believe a hamstring, if yes. I am correct. Uh, but the Chargers knock off the
0: the Raiders and, I
1: mean, they did it against the Devontae Adams show.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, you got a little glimpse of what Carr and Adams are going to be able to do. You know, Carr didn't play a good game. Three interceptions. Yeah. You know, tried to force it down the field into triple coverage to Devontae Adams. Just trying to do a little too much. You know, that's what it felt like for Derek Carr in this game. You know, just trying to do too much and trying to go to Adams a little too much. You know, force feeding the ball there. That's what led to that interception. Um, But, you know, it's just, it was a hard-fought kind of game and I think you got to Great look at what these AFC West matches are going to be for the whole season. Fun, it's gonna man. be it's gonna be a fun division to watch all year long. But I'm really impressed with the Chargers coming away from this game. Look, it was a it's Week One. It's not going to be the cleanest of football. We know that because a lot of these guys don't play in the preseason now. Yep. So you know you got to expect a little bit of you know there's going to be some bumps, you know, some bruises. But uh, again, they were able to get the job done against a quality opponent in the Raiders. Uh and Herbert he looked just as good. And now he is my MVP prediction. Justin really? Herbert, I okay. have winning the MVP. I like it. I love that pick. He goes 279, three touchdowns. You know, there's so many weapons in this Chargers offense. You know, even with the Allen injury and Mike Williams being essentially a non-factor outside of two catches How 10 How about that, man? They were still able to get the job done. You know, when Allen left that game early, they have DeAndre Carter, tight end Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler in of the backfield, Trey McKitty. Uh, they got Josh Palmer, uh, Jaden Guyton. They've had, they have guys. You know, these aren't the greatest talents in the world, but they do have depth at the wide receiver position, and at the running back position, so they can mix and match a lot of guys, give you a lot of different looks. So it's certainly a recipe for success for a team that has high hopes in 2022, but I really want to get to the Chargers' defense is what impressed me the most. Do it, then. Derwin James, I mean, phenomenal. Uh, another Seminole, so, I mean, just Hometown already, gets, boy, bo- man. already gets bonus for that. <laughs> but I mean, he played a great game, got a sack, tackle for loss. Only six tackles, but he made his presence felt. He was all over the field making plays. Asante Samuel Jr. had an interception uh, down the field on that triple coverage play. That's who came down with it. Another seminal, but, um, (laughs) uh, you know, this defense, Cleo Mack, the new acquisition, Joey Bosa. I mean, I'm excited for that front. I mean, those guys are going to be making noise all year long. uh, And we'll get to the Thursday night matchup uh, that includes the Chargers. But it's just, I'm so excited. uh, It's going to be a great one.
1: I'm so excited, Jack.
0: But I, you know, I think Mike Williams, Mike Williams has had the Chiefs' numbers in years past. I think he's a guy who can have a big time game. But we'll get to that. Yeah, I, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine in our fantasy league. He was offered a trade
1: today for uh, he would get Mike Williams in exchange for Daryl Henderson.
0: Interesting. And Henderson being he, the starter he in denied LA it.
1: Now. He he rejected the trade. I would have taken it.
0: Ah, uh, yes, but. Henderson's the starter in, in LA now. Did they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say. Yeah, he's been named the starter. Wow. And the funny point about that is, I drafted Henderson in the 14th round yeah. of my fantasy draft. Dude, he went low, man. Because everyone thought Akers is going to be the guy. And exactly. I'm like, I'm going to scoop up Henderson. I'm not sold that Akers is the, uh, is oh, the no. true I, number one guy. And I knew Acres sucked. Ben-
1: it's paying beneficiaries for me. I knew Akers was not the move. And uh, I left, ha ha ha, at those who took him in like the third, second, even round yeah whatever it was third round i think or fourth sadly a seminal
0: oh another one really <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> I mean, he was electric in college but you know yeah. it's just well the old got uh, so far
1: the old uh penn state boys got it done this weekend with uh saquon and miles sanders yes they. Did. that was good to see man i was so happy for sanders but uh
0: There's just one other,
1: um, you know, matchup. We can just finish up with some final thoughts here. Not really a matchup I was going to go into, but just uh, while we're talking about running backs, actually, Christian McCaffrey underutilized this weekend, but it was great to see him going up and into the end zone once again. I was uh, ecstatic. Although the Panthers, man, they came all the way back. It looked just like the Saints game, uh, but but they would lose on a uh, game-winning field goal after some ref ball. Some questionable calls on a roughing the passer play. And this is after Baker, I mean, just orchestrated a beautiful drive, got them down into the red zone, first and 10 at the 14, and fumbled the snap, uh, fell on it, but it was a loss of one, second and 11, and from there they played conservative for the field goal, and it ended up costing them the game because they uh, they lost by uh, two, two points. So the touchdown really would have uh, would have done wonders for them. Uh, disappointing loss for the Panthers. They will play your New York Giants in Week 2. Uh, we'll get to there in just actually a few minutes. But, uh, I mean, final thoughts to sum up the week. I mean, Bills-Rams is the one that
0: comes to mind. Bills-Rams, how about we do this? You know, for the games you didn't talk about, Rapid Reaction. Okay, how about yeah. we just you know go through each game, give our you know final thoughts. Bills-Rams, Bills-Blitz them. Uh, they looked really good. Rams, they got some things to work on. Bills, uh, yeah, Rapid Reaction, Bills, Super Bowl team. Absolutely. Uh, Pat's Dolphins. Tua and Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, those weapons, meshing together early.
1: Yeah, fun to watch. Uh, Really interesting offense to watch. Uh,
0: Tyreek Hill, electric player. Tua, a lot of question marks. I'm interested in the Dolphins. And for the Patriots, conversely on the flip side, Mac Jones got got a little banged up in that game. He seems to be fine. That offense looks not great under the guide of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Yeah, Patriots are the opposite for me. I'm so bored by them. They are not even close to the playoffs here. Uh, Let's move. Ravens-Jets. Joe Flacco, all you need to say for the Jets, that offense did not look good. But (laughs) Michael Carter and Brees Hall, interesting running back duo.
1: Yep. Um, I I thought the Jets, I mean, they're just the Jets at this point. They are what we thought uh, they are. And the Ravens, they took care of uh, business. Potential potential AFC North title uh, run starting here. So Ravens, good win.
0: See if you can keep doing it. Agreed. Let's move Colts-Texans tie. What a greasy, ugly game. Late comeback from Indy. I thought Indy was going to look better, but I still think they're the top dog in this division. Uh, definitely with the, with the Tennessee loss, uh, I would totally
1: agree with that statement. Texans, I think this is one of those uh, fluky week one things. I don't think Davis Mills is good at all. Uh, it was just a, a weird thing. Tennessee, not Tennessee, uh, Indianapolis showed that they can roar right back and uh, took control of the game at the end. Just ended in a tie. So, you know, weird. Well, I'm definitely keeping my eye on the Colts. I don't think the Texans are anything. Vikings Packers Vikings oh, dominated this game the and they looked really good. They
0: look really good. Oh man, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league. Absolutely, definite contender Green Bay. They'll get it figured out. Same thing happened last year. Rodgers will be fine. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: I think Green Bay uh I don't know. See, I'm the guy that uh, I thought Brady was done 5 years ago. So I'm going to say uh I'm going to say that the Packers uh missed the playoffs this year and Rodgers looks really
0: bad. Interesting. Chiefs Cardinals, Chiefs offense looked as good as ever. Cardinals yep. unmotivated defensive performance, only garbage time made the score seem any sorts of close. Yeah, yeah.
1: really shocking. I uh I mean not, not to me. Not not really, I guess when you consider how many weapons the Cardinals are without. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, uh they lost some other receivers. I mean, they are just down. Uh some guys I mean Hopkins just comes to mind. He's so important to the offense. But uh I mean the Chiefs, how about Edwards Alaire, you know? I like him. I like that he uh, scored twice. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's going to be him versus Herbert in the season for that MVP race. But also, I mean, tomorrow
0: night. So, Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give our quick thoughts on Bucks cowboys before we move on to our Week 2 NFL Predictions. Right here on the Wednesday One. Stay with us. And welcome back to the Wednesday One, everybody. Jack on alongside Mitchell Smedley. Mitchell Smedley, who was definitely not still chewing goldfish when we came back on. <laughs> 100% the Bucks County kid. The Bucks County kid. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to go back to the rapid reaction. We were talking about Chiefs Cardinals before we took our break. We're going to have our final thoughts on that and go to Bucks Cowboys. Jack's going to gloat, everybody. Gloat and alert. Now, I'm not going to gloat, but I'm going to say something that I had a hunch about this Cardinals team. The and Jeopardy I music. was proven right in week one. I'm not going to say it's going to be the whole year. (laughs) I I think it's going to be the whole year, but weren't you
1: just the one 15 minutes ago? You know, this is week one. This is like the biggest overreaction week in the history of forever. It is. And I'm going to just say off-the-wall things because
0: I don't like the Cardinals. No, 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 no. That is a Cardinal sin, Jack. (laughs) No, but yes, I, I think it is the biggest overreaction week because it is, but This isn't an overreaction for me because I had these thoughts about the Cardinals before week one happened. I think this team's not that good. I think they're a 6-7 to win team. Uh, You said 6. You said 6 and you were adamant about it. I'll go 6. Good. If they Uh, win 7, I win. Kyler Murray uh, has robbed the Cardinals of money. Uh, I believe he's getting 250 plus. I don't know exactly. but
1: I don't know why you don't like uh, Kyler Murray. Are you not watching the film? (laughs) <laughs> clearly he isn't.
0: Clearly, <laughs> clearly he isn't. Uh, I had to. I had to. Uh, but yeah, five five years, two hundred thirty million. That's a lot Ouch. of money <laughs> for a guy who has gotten you to the playoffs once and didn't didn't do didn't do keep him anything. close against the Rams.
1: Yeah, that was so. bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, from your gloating <laughs> like, to mine. just like Cliff Kingsbury, bad.
1: <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. From your gloating to mine, like Jack. I have one thing to say to you. What are those? How about them Cowboys?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stephen A, baby. Oh, my goodness. I love those videos after week one where, like, the Cowboys lose, and he's just recording the TV, and then he just slowly pans to <laughs> himself, and he starts chuckling. He goes, ha, 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 and then he's going, how about them Cowboys? How about
1: them Cowboys, Jack Heim? They got utterly embarrassed on Sunday Night Football. I was waiting all day for Sunday night. Yes, we were. And I picked them to win. I, I just, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a fluke week one thing. Nah. I didn't even have to wait till week two. I got to see Cowboys misery first
0: thing. You know, Cowboys failing is just something that I think it's universally It's like celebrated. vitamin D. It's just healthy for everyone. It's, everyone needs more of it. It's universally celebrated. It is universally celebrated. Hey, we're just checking to see if you're still them boys. Um, Clearly you're not. <laughs> Clearly you're not. Dak Prescott is hurt, though, on a serious note. That, that, does, that does That's unfortunate.
1: Suck. See, that lessens the fun. It does. I, I don't like to see him hurt. I, Dak Prescott is actually fun to watch. Yeah, injuries are And he was not my good. fantasy quarterback. For those that, you know, don't think I actually believe in Dak Prescott, he, he was my fantasy quarterback. And now, thanks to a wonderful trade by General Manager Mitchell <laughs> Smedley, uh, I have, Jack, let me lay this on you. What do you mean? Real by that? quick, let me <laughs> <laughs>
0: stop that.
1: <laughs> I'm, sorry. Stop. I'm sorry. Stop! We're live on air. <laughs> the
0: opportunity was too good. <laughs> it posed itself. I had
1: to say it. All right. So, I got wheeling and dealing, and over over 48 hours of talks uh, with my friend Adam, we came to a trade agreement. Okay. Where I gave Adam Antonio Gibson after his 20 point week. Okay. And in return, I got Devin Singletary. And Joe Burrow. Wow. Yes. Wow. Interesting trade. Burrow was uh Adams backup quarterback. He has Justin Herbert. Okay. In the starting spot.
0: Why would you draft Joe Burrow if you have Justin Herbert? I have no clue. He's a Bengals fan. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that makes sense, but you but, don't need him when you have Herbert.
1: So uh he had started singletary this week. He needed running back help. Uh, and I, I don't think he's looking ahead because Brian Robinson is scheduled to come back about week, week five. five. And that Gibson pick could really go downhill. And that was my that was my goal. He was my first bench spot. He was my third running back. He was actually going to get the start over Josh Jacobs this week. But the opportunity presented itself. And uh, you think I won the trade? I think I won the trade. I, we, think we, I think we solved each other's issues, though, at least for the time being. I got my quarterback, Singletary. He's going to be on my bench, clearly. Um, we'll see what happens, you know. If he becomes a bigger piece of that offense. But I got my quarterback. I was looking at options like, actually, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and Daniel Jones. Three quarterbacks we just talked about a little while ago. But I think uh, after a down week where he still hit his projection, uh, having Joe Burrow on this team is just fantastic for me. So I uh, I don't mean to gloat, but uh, I think I'm making a run here.
0: You're a winner. One weekend. Um, yeah. Two, two rules of thumb I have for making fantasy trades is that I don't make the trade unless I'm getting the best player. If I'm giving up the best player in the trade, the package does have to be worth it. Ooh. You got the best player in the trade, Joe Burrow. Yep. The best fantasy player. You got the best player in the trade. And and an extra piece. An extra piece. So you not only got two for one, you got the best player in return. So that makes me believe that you won this trade flat out easy, no debate. Yep. Um, you know, Well,
1: I think, it, like I said, it... it benefits me more but i think it also actually benefits him because he's Short term. he's improving his i mean even even gibson post robinson coming back i think is better than singletary he's going to be catching passes out of the backfield from wentz uh I, I i just think that's how that offense is built that's what he was doing last year but uh i mean you know so my fantasy team uh even with uh Dak going down this week still put up uh, 117 uh, and that was with Deontay Johnson, Mark Andrews, and Josh Jacobs really not doing anything at all, uh, anything special at all, most of the day. So, you know, a lot to look forward to. But I think I think you're right. I think I got the best player and a little extra bonus to add some running back depth uh, behind McCaffrey, Jacobs, and Penny. Uh, those are my other three running backs. So, moving on, we're going to get some picks in here, Jack. Well, we have to give our rapid reaction to Bucks cowboys first. Oh, that was Who's my we, rapid reaction. Well, we didn't How talk about Tampa. about... Dem cowboys, thank you Tampa. That's my so, reaction. Now Mike Evans uh, is a very good receiver. Uh, Julio Jones is kind of back, and it sucks that Godwin is hurt again.
0: Yeah, it does. That could have been a really frightening offense again. It could have. I mean, I don't know how long Godwin's going to be out for. Uh, I don't Just think the it's fact gonna be that long-term. he's injured again
1: is is really you know I hate to see it for him because the him and Evans is such a deadly combo, and adding in a new reborn uh, Julio.
0: I was so excited. I was yeah. so excited to watch. Just my quick thoughts on Tampa Bay. Offense didn't really look that great. Uh, you know, Fournette looked good, but the passing attack, eh, the, the, and part of that was from the line. Uh, the line didn't really look the best. Brady got pressure in key situations. Micah Parsons, two key sacks. Yep. And speaking of, Parsons and Fournette had a little bit of Twitter beef. Mm. Uh, Parsons didn't like a block that Fournette uh, had. And there there were words said on Twitter, but, you know... Fournette does have the upper hand because they did win the game pretty handedly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that is where that. Lies I think a lot of, of that
1: offense stuff was stifled uh, down in the red zone, though. You know, they got down and, and just a lot of field goals.
0: Yeah, they were able to move the ball. They just couldn't convert. You know, ah, it sounds like I'm big Denver. Downs. Yeah, it does sound like Denver. But, you know, in all seriousness about the Cowboys, the offense, I mean, it just wasn't there. It I mean, all didn't night, exist. they didn't do anything. They have no outside of C.D. Lamb, they have no threats about receiver. Nope. Zero. Z- There's no one I'm afraid of from that Cowboys receiver room outside of C.D. Lamb. And Zeke and Pollard are struggling too. Yeah. Uh, You're not going to win games so, behind them anymore. Yeah, and you know, you can't you can't win a game where you have 71 team rushing yards. It's just not going to work. Yep. Uh, you know, and you have to attribute it to the offensive line being a little hurt. But again, this offense looked terrible. I mean, uh, to begin with, I don't think Mike McCarthy's executive coach. No, nope, I agree. Uh, so, I mean, I think this season could get real rough for Cowboy fans. And friend of sh- it. Friend of the show, Josh Toot, we don't care. We love that the Cowboys are terrible. Uh, not sorry <laughs> to break it to you. Uh, it's going to be a rough year for, for them boys, uh, depending on how long Prescott's out for and uh, right. what kind of start they get off to. But I can't wait. We do have a quick message from the KOR Notebook before we get to our Week 2 Picks. Attention KU community, join the Women's Center for Why Overturning Roe Matters, an informative webinar panel discussion on what happened when Roe was overturned and what it means for those seeking abortions in Pennsylvania. This panel will be held online on Wednesday, September 28th from 4:30 p.m. to 6 p.m. You can register for this webinar on Engage. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, K U R. Wednesday one we of Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley. It's pick time it everybody. It is week 2. Jack took me them down. Pick time. We're I... going to go over a record from week 1. I picked the going cow back boys and the it count lost me the game. I went 9-6 and 1. Mitchell Smedley, the Bucks County kid went 8-7 eight, eight, seven, seven, and 1. one. So we both look to do better in week two, and we're going to start we're both off with winning records, though. Let's not, not, you know, but I'm never satisfied. too much.
1: Dude, always striving until I am 16 and oh, or, undefeated. you know,
0: 15 on a on a bye week. You know, like LeVar Ball once said, undefeated, and never lost. That's where I'm going to get to. But for a week, Jack but rapping. what is um, going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get right into our week two picks. Mitch. Thursday night. The tomorrow, big one, baby. Tomorrow, I'm so one. excited. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers in Arrowhead, and the Chiefs open up as a four-point favorite. That one's going to be a Prime Video, the first ever broadcast on Prime Video. Al Michaels getting his first Amazon broadcast, making a debut. And for a guy who's been in the broadcast for so long, it's hard to say Al Michaels in debut in anything. Yeah. But that is the case we have posed in front of us for tomorrow night. So Mitch, we're, we're not doing this? betting lines. We're just doing who's winning the game. We're just doing who's
1: winning. But I thought it was an interesting line to bring yeah, up. Yeah, it is the an interesting is so line. But uh, give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs to win this game. Man, oh man, that offense looked so good. And uh, I just, you know, it's going to be close, I think, because it is a divisional game to juggernauts in the division here. But it is going to be one of the most fun games of the season. I, I have a feeling we're already disagreeing. Because you love the Chargers.
0: I do love the Chargers. And, you know, as much as I'd love to take him in this game. Do I, it! The Keenan Allen injury. Ah, oh, You know, yeah. it's just, it's not, having him would make me pick the Chargers. But Mike Williams is now going to have to go crazy. Yeah, Uh Eckler's going to have to have a really good game. Josh Palmer breakout it's game. It's a very hostile environment. Yes, could Josh Palmer possibly break out? That I just dropped him off it. my bench. So <laughs> Really, I, I love Josh Palmer I this picked year. up Ingram. You know, and I felt like an injury like this could burst open the scene for him to break out because, you know, there was a lot of good, you know, news reports about him in the preseason, you know, from fall camp or from, you know, from, you know, from training camp and all the stuff like that. The reports were Josh Palmer looked very good. And, you know, if there was an opportunity to open up in this offense for him, he could make the most of it and, you know, prove a lot of people uh, that that he is a very good talent. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these wide receivers match up. I'm not sold on this Kansas City defense. I think this could be a very high-scoring game you know, these games in Arrowhead on Thursday night are always strange. You know, you had that Denver-Kansas City one a couple years ago with a pick six from Bradley Roby that ended it with 30 seconds left. I feel like there's always a weird photo finish. And even Chargers Chiefs a couple years ago, that two-point conversion to Mike Williams after that lead touchdown from Phillip Rivers ended in a win for the Chargers in that late comeback. So there's always weird happenings on these Thursday night games in Kansas City between AFC West foes. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Chiefs but I would not be shocked in the slightest if the Chargers won this game.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm not shocked, no matter who wins. I am shocked if it's a blowout in any one direction. I agree. All right. Where are we moving to next, buddy? I'm writing down these picks. So I, I, I heard I'm you move come out for over. a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to get Dead go. Air. that's
0: not good for the show. Yeah, I'm very sorry. Jets, Browns. Jets, Browns. Oof. Browns are the Tank favorite bowl. in this game. And now they have Brownie the Elf on their midfield logo. They don't have the traditional brown helmet. They put the little... Wow, Elf. Interesting. Mm. One of their old logos. Interesting move. Jets not projected to win this game. Joe Flacco going in there. There were some times these receivers looked good, though. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. You know, the Yak was going crazy yards after catch. Uh, They were able to make a lot of the the Ravens defenders miss. (laughs) So... uh, (sighs) What do you mean by that? I'm going to lean the
1: Browns, but I Definitely feel the Jets could pull this one off. Oh, you know? come on. Is this your upset alert? Nah, By the, the way, the I didn't even mention it when we talked about the game earlier, but oh, baby, did my upset hit, and Jack thought I was crazy. What was it? It was Giants over oh, the Titans. Oh, yes, 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 I, yes.
0: I had a the feeling. The Jets were so close. Mine mine was the Jets. They were so close. That
1: wasn't even an upset game. They were against the, the Commanders. Yeah, but Washington was favored. Oh, my God, dude. I picked the Giants against the
0: AFC one seed. So, well, I think the Titans are taking a setback this year. That's my humble opinion. Mm, maybe. I, don't think they make the playoffs. I think they're still a playoff team. I don't. Whoa, Cardinals but, and Titans. Yep. Get the ire from Jack. So wow. I, I love King Henry, but I don't know about the Titans this year. Okay, moving on. I got the pick? Browns. Browns. Sounds like a plan, my friend. Lions, Commanders. Okay. I'm going to say three two words. awful. I'm going to say four here. I'm going to say four words. Give me the Lions. Wow.
1: You know what? I'm riding with Carson Wentz. Give me the Commanders to go 2-0. Nah.
0: I mean, yes. I mean, that's your pick. But I think the Lions take this one, man. It's just, you know, it's a weird thing. I think Swift's going to have a good game on the ground. Goff's going to be able to get in just enough done through the air. Uh, and I feel like the Lions take a gutsy one. If I had to give a score, 27 24, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like the Lions get it done. They go to one on one. I feel like you could be correct, but I mean, Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel,
1: mm! Antonio Gibson for another week. Samuel did look really good in the Oh, first game. didn't he? He was
0: beautiful. And Dotson looked solid. Johan Dotson, Penn State kid. Penn State. <laughs> no, but uh, Bucks Saints. Bucks Saints. And the Saints have. Given the Buccaneers some problems in the yes, past, they have. they have to go down to the Superdome and pick six I and Brady. Like the Saints to win it, uh, you Ooh. know that Bucks offense. <laughs> that Bucks offense last week, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't look great. And the Saints have a really good defense. So it'll be interesting to see if they could settle in the defense and play the greatest. Get the Falcons, but I like the Saints in this one.
1: Oh man, I, I think, think you trail that much by uh, to the Falcon. I mean, Brady's got experience with that too, but. Uh, Man, I gotta go with the Bucks. I think uh, they figure out how to get the ball in the end zone after Sunday. Uh, yeah, Sunday night. I think they uh, they win.
0: You know, it's a divisional game. It's gonna be close. I don't think it's two scores. Give me the Bucks. Colts, Jags in Jacksonville. This is not Carson Wentz leading the Colts. It's Matt Ryan. Very short one. Give me the Colts.
1: Oh yeah, give me the Colts. I mean, I mean the tie against Texas is uh, or not Texas against Houston. Is weird, but uh, I think they figure it out. They figured out how to come back in the end there and get seventeen unanswered.
0: Yep, Colts. One of your favorite teams, Carolina. They Carolina. go to the Meadowlands. You calling me home? Sing it, Mitch. Eric Church, baby. Carolina. They travel up to the Meadowlands, take on the Giants. 0 one, one zero. Giants. They're going to even out those records, this baby. Game. What? The Giants are favored. They are. Oh, man. The Giants are favored and I like them. Give it a Giants 2-0, baby.
1: No, sir. No, 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 sir. Give me the Panthers. Give me the Panthers. McCaffrey, they're going to learn that they need to give him the ball more. He's going to get the ball more. McCaffrey, two touchdowns in the Meadowlands this week. And uh Baker, I think, will have some fun. He's going to uh, you know, he's gonna be hitting Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Oh man, and the the Panthers, assuming ref ball isn't an issue here, they're going to be sacking. They're going to be picking. I think uh, I think the Panthers get to Daniel Jones and make
0: him come back down to earth a little bit from last week's big win. Well, I do have a proposed question. You know, we are close to going to our break. Did the giant can the Giants build off their win from last week? Can the Giants quickly what? just get uh, you know the Giants can they build on their win from next oh, week? Oh well, can they build? we'll have to save that till after oh, the hour. I, I didn't. No, time the answer is no. Bright. So no. We'll be back on for the second hour of the Wednesday windup. Stay with us.
1: And we are into hour number two, the Wednesday windup. Oh, man, it's the final hour of once a week shows. Jack Heim to my right. I am Mitchell Smedley. How are we feeling, Jack, halfway through? We got so much coming up this hour. We're going to finish up NFL real quick. We got MLB and we got college
0: football to talk about. Yes, we do. Week one predictions. we are going to give you a little nose a uh, nose nose poof. news i got your nose got your nose ha, ha. No, we're giving it back now but yes on uh, news uh Chargers injury update Keenan Allen will not play officially and JC Jackson the number one corner for the Chargers did not play in that week 1 game against the Raiders questionable for tomorrow's night game tomorrow night's game so interesting to see if he'll play if not that makes it you know a lot more favorable for Kansas City also but if Jackson is able to suit up that can make it You know, a little bit more closer of a line for the Chargers. So, interesting injury notes to monitor before tomorrow night's action. And now, Mitch, before we sign off today, we can actually say uh, we will be back here on Monday to recap the games, not Wednesday. So, it's incredible, man. I'm juiced up. I'm excited. Hour number two. And then next week, we'll start two shows a week man it's just phenomenal yep. you know it's just i love it you know the vibe it, it's just great it's great to be behind this mic it's great talking be, sports it's gonna be great to get to everyone's you know teams in depth you know absolutely I mean? we can just you know the content you know that we can provide is just you know there is no ceiling right now how, how, how far we can take this <laughs> uh and just it's it's incredible we could
1: go all the
0: way <laughs> can i catch him deep breaths all throughout that. But getting back to our picks, we finished <laughs> Deep up. Deep breaths, Gus. <laughs> we finished up with Giants Panthers. We're going to go to the Steel City. The Steelers trying to build off their gross big time week one win off you know, against the off Bengals. That
1: old Main sounding Boswell doink and then the make. Yeah, all the Steelers. Dude, end that, that doink game. was
0: loud. Yeah, it was. It sounded like a gong. It sounded like Old Main. It did. It did. But the New England Patriots roll into town after their tough week one loss down in South Beach against the Dolphins. The Steelers, it's it's an interesting one. The Patriots are favored in this game. But what? Najee's going to play. Najee, you know, you oh, said Nagy he, he is gonna questionable, play. but okay. he will play. Uh, he will play in this game. But the Steelers will be without TJ Watt. He did leave that week one game. It was, you know, believed to be a torn peck, uh, and he would be done for the season. But he does not need surgery, so the estimated timeline for right now is Watt will only be out six weeks, and the Steelers will get him back at some point in the season, and that is huge, because, you know, the early beliefs, and Watt is, you know, in my mind, the best edge rusher in football. I mean, he was an, an animal last year, 20-plus sacks. Did he I, Did he set the sack record? Oh, I think he
1: did. I he was close. I remember hearing about that. I don't recall, actually, because I hate the Steelers. Let me look it up. <laughs> but oh man, give me the give me the Steelers to upset the Patriots here. I mean, that seems quite clear to me. I just think the Patriots are so
0: bad. They're so bad, Jack. They scored seven. Yeah, I think. they did. They did score seven. They're so bad. I am gonna join you. I will pick the Steelers to start two and zero. The New England offense is abysmal, and I feel like Mike Fitzpatrick's gonna be a game changer again. He again, can force Mac to yeah. throw a couple interceptions, maybe. Um, Give me Deontay Johnson to score here. Yeah, you know maybe on my fantasy team. Does man. Mitchell
1: Trubisky get rolling? Mitchell Trubisky. dude, I'm always supporting a fellow Mitch. <laughs> a fellow. Always
0: supporting another Mitch, a fellow Mitch. But yes, the Steelers win. I'm um, still trying to look up this TJ Watt's record thing. I don't think he broke it. He was close.
1: I, I don't. I didn't think he broke it because the noise kind of quieted down.
0: He tied it though.
1: Oh, got 22 and a half. Doesn't count. Tied
0: straight. So he him. puts his name. Co, uh, leader, but does not break it. But yes, we both had the Steelers. We're going to move on, wrapping up the one o'clock slate. We're going to Baltimore with the Finns and the Ravens. Oh, interesting matchup. Ravens wow. are the favorite in this one at M&T Bank Stadium. Lamar in this offense. Does Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay are they going to be able to do enough against Xavier and Howard in this Miami secondary uh, to get the win, or do you think Tua,
1: Tyreek, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Go there What'll happen the Jack
0: What'll happen I'm gonna take the Ravens Ravens are the favorite uh, mm. Lamar's on my fantasy team uh, So you know, Mark Mopia's Andrews is on game. My... We can Mark both Andrews benefit here We can both benefit from it But yes Ravens You know solely you know, They're being at home You know it wasn't the best Performance on the road Against the Jets But I think the Jets Are much more You know they're not Gonna be a playoff team But they're not the Hapless team that they were They're last pretty year.
1: hapless buddy
0: The defense look good They're pretty hapless I'm sorry Sauce Gardner looked incredible Sauce Gardner yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. No, I don't. I don't think the Jets are a good team. I think they're getting like, lost in the sauce, buddy. I think they'll win five games. But the second the defense Still didn't look more better. than three, so uh, yeah, I like the
1: Ravens. You like the Ravens, and oh my goodness, I am struggling because the combination of Tua and Hill and uh, Waddle is just so tempting. This is a close one for me. And uh, impulse, impulse reaction, I'm going to go upset alert, Miami Dolphins over the uh,
0: Baltimore Ravens here. Well, you go Dolphins, I defer and go the Ravens. We're going to go to the 4 o'clock games, 4 of 5, Rams, Falcons. We mentioned this one earlier, Rams the heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. Nearly by 11 um, by the opening lines, but uh, give me the Rams, not close. Yeah, it's uh, they, close. they bounce back. Cooper Cup is going to go off. And uh, I will definitely benefit from that. Daryl he Henderson on my leads the
1: Rams to a victory. This also week. also have
0: Daryl Henderson too. So Ooh, Rams offense put up fifty. Put up.
1: 50. <laughs> we need more. You're up forty-two to seven. Don't stop. No, nah. they're gonna say, Mister Heim, we can't take it. We don't want to win anymore. <laughs> and I'm gonna say, I don't. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna keep. We. We. Jack may get bored of winning
0: this week. Yeah, I may get bored of winning too much winning. But uh, there's never too much winning. Yeah, exactly. NFC West showdown in San Francisco. It's the Seahawks and the Niners. Two bad teams, in my opinion. And I'm going with San Francisco. I Ah. think Trey Lance and this offense bounce back. Uh, Debo Samuel has a good game. Uh, San Francisco, and it's not close. You don't think it's close? Nope. I think the Niners win by double digits. Oh, come on. You weren't impressed by Geno? I was, but they have to go on the road. It's going to be a motivated Niners group. They're going to win. They're gonna uh, they're gonna prove they're gonna prove that week one was just a fluke and terrible weather. I Trey Lance will look
1: good. Do not like the Niners this year. I do not like Trey Lance, but I, I didn't like the Seahawks before Monday night. But I got to tell you something, Jack. Is this your upset of the week? Oh man, yes it is. I know I picked the Dolphins, but I think that game's a lot closer in people's minds. What's the line on this Niners game? Niners
0: minus nine and a half. Oh my god. Yep. Nine and a half. Give me the Davis.
1: Seahawks upset of the week. Okay. Let's we're... go two for two. This is the one I'm putting my putting my uh my reputation on the line. I am one for one already on a miracle
0: missed field goal upset of the week I gotta brew mine up here. yeah you don't do it you know I, I gotta I gotta go with. well mine. people know that I uh, I know what I'm doing here oh okay what and I don't they I mean uh, you know what have you been successful yet I have a track record of success Jack you know I picked the Saints the Bucks were two and a half point favorites that'll be my upset of the oh. week. it's not as bad <laughs> oh, of a line on.
1: it's not as oh, bad of a on. line here I am Seahawks and the Dolphins what was the Dolphins line
0: uh Ravens minus three and a half.
1: Oh my god. I'm I'm a combined minus thirteen and you're over there. Well two and a half. That's the only one I picked. That's the that's only one I picked. Wait, 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 wait. Where is the game? Where is the game? In New Orleans. In New Orleans. And the
0: Bucks are favored. Okay, okay.
1: That's a little better. Because uh my dad always said home field gets you like three.
0: So. so that's mine of the week. Oh man. It's weak for this week, but we can get better as the weeks go on. Oh, but Dude, I, do I started message. with the Giants. Come on. Over the so. Titans. That was a good win for me. But a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU Community, the Women's Center, and the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center will be hosting the 6th Annual Gender and Sexual Minorities Conference on Friday, October 7th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in McFarland Student Union Room 218. The conference's theme is justice, including a look at social, economic, political, and organizational justice while discovering the roles of equity, fairness, inclusion, and compassion for all. The day will begin at 10 a.m. with keynote speaker Lala holston Zanell. Who leads the ACLU's advocacy and organizing work to support and empower transgender and non-binary people and focuses on anti-violence in the LGBTQ Plus community. Program sessions then continue to be held throughout the afternoon. Visit the web pages of the Women's Center and the LGBTQ Plus Center for more information. Registration for this event will be done through Engage. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, K-U-R. Wednesday one up, Jack. High, Mitchell Smedley, and I can't help But here in the background, nothing. No, moving on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Were you laughing at the way I was saying that? No, what's going on? No, nothing. Cause I thought I read that pretty clean. That was a long message. You're perfect. You are perfect, Jack. I I just hope I said the keynote speaker's name right. I think you did. So yeah, Um, I think I did too. But we're we're gonna we're gonna get back to the NFL discussion here. Uh, upset of the week for Mitch Seattle mine is the Saints at home against the Bucks it's a weaker line but that's the really only non favorite It's not even team. comparable. It's the only non favorite team that I like. I mean I could have went the Chargers but you could have had like your geez. opportunity, had you my had opportunity, the opportunity. But I didn't. Uh so I think I'm
1: actually going to have to be picking another uh unfavored team.
0: I mean honestly Monday I night. I was thinking about the Jets but I I'm not I wasn't too You were thinking
1: about the Jets gung-ho over the it. Browns?
0: Come on, maybe get real. You never know. Well, you picked the Seahawks over the Forty Nineers, so get real.
1: Oh, I am real, but um, I watched I watched Geno Smith devour my hopes and dreams on Monday night.
0: Well, Bengals Cowboys, uh, we are not them boys. Bengals by about a million.
1: them Cowboys. Bengals by to a million. Lit up by my new fantasy quarterback. Oh, give me the Bengals. Heavy
0: that- win. Heavy win. How about T. Higgins goes for, like, 115 and two touchdowns? T. Higgins give off the, uh, that off the concussions? Uh, you should be good to go this week. Yeah. Okay. Questionable, but I think he'll play. Yeah. Texans-Broncos, mile high uh, in Denver, Colorado. Altitude there. Denver favored by 10. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, give me the Broncos. It's not by 10, but they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Texans are able to build off that week one. I think the they can tie? Uh, I know it's just they they collapse late. I think yeah. that's a tough pill to swallow to go into a tie in a game that you led. I believe it was 20 to 3. It was 20 to 3. So And then Jonathan Taylor and the boys took over for Indianapolis. So rounding out the four o'clock slate, we got in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders hosting. Raiders. hosting Kyler Murray and you're one of your favorite teams for whatever reason. It's not yeah. one of my favorites. I just think they're much better than you give them credit for. The Arizona
1: Cardinals are at least uh, two wins better than six. I like That's the Raiders. Eight. I can
0: do math. I like the Raiders. Uh, Devont- Devontae. I'm Adams. sorry. What can we get that on recording? I like the Raiders.
1: Oh, oh, oh. I
0: thought you. Oh, I thought you said Cardinals. No, I like the Raiders. Oh. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr have a monstrous day. Uh, with Adams going for 130-plus and, t- and at least one touchdown, wow. Derek Carr throws easily over 300. That's a bold prediction. And four touchdowns, Raiders drop 40 in this game. Oh, uh, my goodness. Yep, Raiders in a blowout. Oh Give me the Raiders 42-17, 42-17 Raiders. <whistles> I am as so—I'm going to the score position. That's just because I don't like the Cardinals. I just don't. Wow. But And I also really love that Carr-Adams connection, so— I can't wait for the
1: Cardinals to win this game. Although I am gonna pick the Raiders. But it's not forty-two seventeen.
0: Raiders it's like Raiders only favored by five, but I don't know. It's like thirty to twenty in my yeah, mind. Honestly, I I honestly, that's just me being so like like going on a tangent of unrealistic. I Jack think Jack
1: being emotional.
0: Yeah, it was just my my emotional highs. Because I, I okay, also buddy. do have Karin Adams in my other league, so oh, I man. need that to go well. Oh man. But uh
1: Trying to think if I have any Raiders or Cardinals. I yeah, don't believe so, I do. I'm, I, that's what I'm hoping for. Oh no!
0: For. Oh, what am I saying? I have Josh Jacobs. Yeah, those are my hopes. Those are my hopes that Karin Adams go crazy. I need Jacobs. To if I had to be off. realistic, I do think the Raiders went by double digits. It's not that close. Not not that much of a blowout. I would say 31-17, the Raiders. If I had to be my realistic score, prediction. 30-10. So, Bears-Packers Sunday night. Give me the Packers. Oh, this is week be a one bad game. was a fluke. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, these two absolutely. Two flukes ripped one, up, Jack. ripped up the Bears last year and this very game on Sunday night yep. in Lambeau. Uh, I think it's the same recipe. I think it happens again. I think Rodgers and Jones have a fantastic game, and the Packers win handily over the Bears. Yeah, give me the Packers. Go Pack, go!
1: Uh, I can't stand the Packers, but as much as I, I agree, as much as I would love to pick the Bears, I just can't. They're gonna fail. Well, they, we have t- week one was also a fluke for them.
0: Yes, but we two now have two games. Monday night games. What's the deal with this ABC? So one is on ESPN and ESPN two, and that's the seven fifteen game between the Titans and the Bills, and then eight thirty on ABC slash ESPN plus is the Vikings and the, the Eagles. Birds. So first one, Titans Bills. With how both these teams looking in week one. Oh, oh man! Oh baby! Give me the Bills. Give and it's me the Bills. Favored by ten, it's going to be a blowout. Not even. Well, I close. think the Bills cover. Easily. Yeah, easily. 17 to 20 point win. Vikings, Eagles at the link. It's going to be a good environment, but I tell you what. I know you're going to pick the Vikings. It's the Vikings, baby. And you know I'm going to pick the Eagles. It's the Vikings, baby. Who's favored? Eagles. What? No
1: way. Yep. There's no way the Eagles are favored in this. Two and a half. What? Is that my upset of the week? Oh, come on. Get real.
0: I'll stick with the Saints. But give me the Vikings, uh, because wow, they just look so good. Week one, I mean, they did. Justin Jefferson uh, is gonna go into Philly and really, really emphasize no, why no, it was it's an not about mistake. Justin Jefferson. Oh, it is. It's about Jalen Rager making. Does his he even return. play? If Jalen Rager catches a touchdown, if Jalen
1: Rager catches a touchdown.
0: I think the whole city of Philadelphia will, I might have uh, to wait
1: another week to make my appearance on Monday. <laughs> oh wait no that'll be Monday night oh no I'll have I'll, I'll be waiting another so it yeah to Wednesday yeah I'll have to wait till the next Monday to come back on the show because uh yeah. I will I will be still screaming at my TV come two
0: o'clock Wednesday afternoon if yeah. Jalen Rager ends up in the end zone well I'm not saying it's a it's gonna happen but it is a possibility it I Jack I don't cry over
1: much that would make me cry. That right. would be my 28-3. to three.
0: Well, that is our picks. Uh, we have there locked them in. Hopefully we there can improve is. from last week. But now we're going to shift over to MLB real quick before we go all things college football here today. We are just a minute and a minute and 20 seconds before our first break. So we're going to just slightly get into our MLB discussion. But Philly's NL- back on a win streak. Jeff. NL East race continues to get interesting people. The Braves within half a game. Uh, my Mets are frustrating. They are so what else is new? It's a, just a headache. Watching you know, this team we we play. have a name for this, Jack. It's called metting. Well, eighty nine to fifty four. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much metting metting it is. But if they can win tonight, and it's uh, a they would beautiful get, phenomenon, they would get their ninetieth win of the twenty twenty two season. Mm-hmm. It would be. I mean, it's it's, it's good no regardless. But I'm not going to be happy unless you win this division. Yeah, no one cares. I'm not going to be okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I funny. love metting. The so. side effects it comes with angry New Yorkers. Yeah. Angry New Yorkers are always a pleasant bunch to run into. Yeah, especially if you're from a out of town crowd. Oh,
1: it's hilarious!
0: So, um, but the
1: Braves, man, hanging around. Both teams have been scuffling those of late. Yeah, it's been bad. I mean, and the Phillies have. They've gotten on a little bit of a run here against the Nats and the Marlins, but you know that gap isn't really closing much. So it's you know, going to be the Braves or the Mets.
0: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, but we're going to take our first break. Uh, here of our number two when we come back all things MLB and following that college football so plenty more to talk about here on the Wednesday windup stay with us
1: and welcome back to the Wednesday windup Mitchell Smedley Jack I'm having a great time in the studio here we're talking a little bit about little MLB here we're talking about that NL East race and talking about which team is going to prevail and Jack I'll give you a little hint it is
0: not yours (laughs) <laughs> wow, that was loud, but...
1: <laughs> Just making we were, sure everybody's awake we to, were, to uh, fully watch the Mets met well, once again.
0: Yeah, that, that uh, PSA is so funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I, yeah. I don't know how I recovered before we came back So
0: on. Yeah, that was incredible, but... It's not mine either, continues. though. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris, but, it might be boom, yours!
0: Because <laughs> the Braves... Never lose. <laughs> they really don't. It's just and the problem is for the Mets, they are losing to horrendous baseball teams. Oh, it's We're so losing funny. to the Chicago Cubs, the Washington Nationals, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, what is this? It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I mean, my gracious, I'm sorry to be screaming like this, but it's
1: okay. I do it all the
0: time. It's incessantly bad. I mean, each night you're seeing you know, domination. Domination 4-1 from the Cubs. Five two. I mean, where's the offense? Can we hit? I mean, these guys are terrible pitchers. I mean no no disrespect, but I mean these guys are not top of you no know, not top of the game. These are not elite pitchers that we're seeing on the mound, especially from the hapless twenty two games under five hundred Chicago Cubs. But I mean, come on. I mean, what give me give me a break. I mean, I went on this, you know, you know on this talk last week about how the offense needs to show up. Uh, it's the same story this week. So uh, pathetic. We need to see a lot better. And, you know, hopefully they can pull it out tonight because, you know, as this season gets closer and closer to ending, we have a big late-of-the-year series against Atlanta. Uh, and I feel like that's going to be the one that seals the deal for this division. One hour later. <laughs> Come on!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, dude, that was your first real rant on the show. Yeah, I know. Welcome to the club, buddy! Yes, sir. Woo! On top. Man, I got I got inaugurated to that early with the uh, Aaron Nola situation. Yeah, but I mean the Phillies, uh, we're getting some bodies back. We're getting some wins against the bad teams. Uh, we just we can't lose to Sandy Alcantara. I mean, what's going on, Jack? We always pull out these tight games against Sandy Alcantara and uh, Nick Maton, the hero last night, two run home run, Phils win two to one. They sealed the deal in the ninth down in Miami. And uh, the Mets are playing the, remind me, is it still the Cubs, Cubs? Yes. Okay. This is the last one against Cubs. Ooh. Okay. So. so trying to avoid the getting Mets swept. to uh, lose 6-3 to three tonight.
0: Trying to avoid the sweep at but, home. To be fair, the Cubs
1: did sweep the Phillies coming out of the All-Star break. I was at the Saturday night game. So. Can confirm. I got the booze to Nick Castellanos started. I credit myself with his season slightly turning around. So. But, yeah, oh, man. All right, where are we going to next, Jack? This playoff picture is really heating up. Dodgers clinched the NOS.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Winning their ninth division crown in the last 10 years. The lone giants. non-title for them was the Giants from last season. 107 wins for San Francisco. and San Francisco Kapler. baseball Giants. So, Dodgers' reign of supremacy on the National League West continues. After the intermission. It's <laughs> <He's> back. <laughs> Just act number two, Jack. Yeah, they took a year off where they won 106 and got the wild card, or however many they won last year, uh, over 100 and got the wild card. But, um, yeah, they're back. Uh, 96 wins this year. This team is easily one of the best in baseball, the best team in baseball in my mind, and clearly will be competing for the World Series.
1: Yeah, it didn't look like it all, all year, you know, like throughout the whole year. You know, you had the Yankees, you know, really just coming out of a can, and the Mets really took everyone by storm. But the Dodgers. I mean, even the Astros coming on lately. But uh, the Dodgers stand tall, I think, as the favorite for the World Series, 2022.
0: Absolutely. Did you see a couple days ago the umpires in the Angels Guardians game? You told me about it. I didn't see it live. So Terry Francona gets ejected from the game, and he is flipping out. And it's I still didn't see the video of what exactly got him so fired up. <laughs> but he was yelling things I like, definitely cannot say on air. Oh. Uh, otherwise, I would not. Be I almost did on air last ever week. again. So. Um. <laughs> He was saying two words. Uh, and you, you can figure that out for yourself. But uh, over and over again, uh, out of the umpire's face, got ejected. Uh, and then when the Angels reliever, Ryan Tapera, tried to throw some warm-up pitches after the long delay, the umpire said, no, because I expletive told you to. So that was crazy. Uh, wow. And then the Angels manager, Phil Nevin, proceeds to get thrown out of the game. Wow. So both managers get tossed. Uh, this home plate umpire has the ego of all egos. Sounds like a uh, lovely man. He sounds
1: happy with his life. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd love to go out to dinner with that home plate umpire. Oh, that would just be delightful. Well, yeah, well, what what a discussion. So, you're, you're getting the steak. No, you're getting this because I Must told be you Must be a too. Cowboys fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably is. Uh, but, yeah, those umpires were crazy. Uh, but now we're going to get to some, you know, milestone reach, of uh, milestone markers. Aaron Judge. Ooh, oh, man. He is on a hot streak. He's been hot all year. 57 home runs. He's trying to chase down Roger Maris for 61, the most ever by an American League player, uh, and would break not only the American League record, but the Yankees record for most home runs in a season. So he has that in his sights. Albert Poole, 6'97", stands alone, fourth all-time. That's not alone, but... uh... Officially alone in fourth place. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because he was tied with A-Rod for a little bit. He
1: stands alone behind three other people. He stands alone. (laughs) That's when Jack gets out of the Chick-fil-A line to grab a straw. That's yeah. like that's that's exactly what this is. That's yeah. when I stand alone. Speaking of Chick fil A, we're you, going there.
0: We are, but you got you got your food before me yesterday. And oh! I found before oh, you. Mitchell came in and took the okay, upset so of the year. What we Oh, that was the upset <laughs> upset forget upset of the week. Upset, Dude, of, upset the of the year. Upset of the twenty twenty two year. So
1: what wow. happens is, since I can't see and they have these new kiosks at Chick fil A, they have one register where you can order. Uh so we go to that. And, uh, you know, it's one at a time. So we get our order numbers. And since me and Jack always go up one after the other, we, you know, we switch it up. We're we're nice guys, you know, people helping people. We switch off each time. Yes, we do. Well, Jack went. I I was like, you know what, Jack, you can go first today. Uh, Because I always love trying to get my number called before Jack because it's so funny.
0: Unreal. We
1: order basically the same thing, by the way. We both got nuggets and fries. It's not like anything crazy was going on. No groundbreaking order. No. So. Jack was 155. I was 156. And uh, to the counter are brought three bags. And the man goes, "All right, 152, 156, and
0: 157." <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting here. On Jack one... is left
1: speechless. Oh, you know, it was like um, like Brady after the after the fumble in Super Bowl 52. Brady sits in disbelief you know yeah <laughs> so outstanding so I, you know, I parade up I grab my food and it was another few minutes before Jack got his and the the time we went to Chick-fil-a prior Jack this place just agrees with my soul we come back to the studio to uh to eat not in the studio of course but like in the lobby and we open up our food and I got an eight piece with a medium fry I pull out what other than a large french fry Jack checks my receipt. Yeah, it said medium. You get blessed. I do. There's clear bias. Well, it's the it's the ghost of our of our friend Linda there. Uh, yeah. The
0: Phillies fan. Yeah, I know. Every time I went up there when she was working there last semester, she's like, oh, it's here the comes Mets the fan. Mets fan. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Every time. We miss Linda. On cue. Yeah, she was very good. She was, very, she very was good. outstanding. Very good character, good person. No, oh, yeah. Good at her job also. So. Also. Yeah, we're blessed to be around a few good Lindas, you know? Yeah. Lindy bop. Lindy Bop, host of Listen When Linda 1, right before our show. Right before us, buddy. But we're gonna get back into our sports talk. <laughs> yeah, we kind of took a tangent. Yeah, enough about our soapbox, <laughs> about our personal <laughs> lives here. My Chick fil A success. My Chick fil A runs. Uh, you know, we talked about pool hosts. Can he get to seven hundred? Maybe. I don't. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> we said that at the same time. That we're was just epic. the same person, buddy. So that about, was fantastic. Speaking of sevens, how about Trout? Seven consecutive games of the home run. Yeah, I mean he is on a run of runs. I mean, you know. He could catch a the judge. News, the news about the back injury a couple months ago. Oh, that was, was scary. Yeah, It was very scary. But it clearly seems that he is just fine. Yeah. So, you know, I think Trout's a shoe in Hall of Famer. He could. Re- I think he could retire now and be a Hall of Famer it's, with it's how much
1: he's accomplished. so unfortunate that he's on the Angels. So, yeah, I mean. He could on.
0: have come to Philly, though, so I have no sympathy. Come on, Angels. Get better get this man in the playoffs again we need Please. to see it it's great for baseball if the angels were good with track. and now with otani like, yeah exactly
1: extra reason but it's not gonna happen you know why because the world hates us yeah so so
0: he could have gone to philly though come on mike got a, more milestones though goldschmidt chasing the triple crown he is trying to be the first national league player to win the triple crown since 1937 Ooh, joe medwick that's a name for you. Back in the golden days. Man. So, 1937, he won the the triple crown, and he was the most recent National League player to do so. There have been more names, but all of them have been in the American League. Ted Williams won it twice. Miguel Cabrera, uh, and uh, you know, Carl Yastrzemski, the grandfather of Mike Yastrzemski, current San Francisco Giants mm, outfielder. Okay. So, more names have won it, but all have resided in the American League. So. That is an interesting race to monitor. How's, also, his, uh, Mets how's he doing? What's his progress on it? Let's not keep is, us hanging here. Let's not keep us you know, in suspense. If I remember, he was trailing in second only home and, runs. Right? Third in batting average. Oh, third. Okay. So now trails Freddie Freeman and Mets second baseman Jeff McNeil. Gross. He in home runs in the National League. He is third. Behind, behind Giles R- Behind Riley and Schwarber. And in RBIs, he sits one behind Pete Alonzo. So oh, did he is Austin there.
1: Riley climb into second? Did yeah. I miss that? Yeah. He's not wow. behind
0: Schwarber. Bu- oh, god. So, you know, I don't Goldschmidt lose is there. To Austin, Riley. Goldschmidt is there. I don't think it happens, but it is a race you have to monitor with how close he's in all three categories. It is a
1: lot, uh, you know, just the fact that there's three categories he's behind a couple in. Um, you know, I would love to. Well, I wouldn't love to see it because he's a cardinal and. Village might be playing them in the uh, postseason here. But, you know, another thing good for baseball
0: to have these things going on. You love to see these these little bits of history being made around us. These are exciting races to follow. Yeah. It grows the game. And so, wow, these guys are that good that they can achieve a feat that, you know, it's been a select few list. You know, there's only, you know, maybe... Ten names on that list for a triple crown. Yeah, so it's just such a rare feat to happen. The last one to do it was Miguel Cabrera, in, I believe, 2013. Yeah, I think so, you're right on that one. Yeah, I, I knew he won. I just didn't know the year it was 2012 or 2013. But yes, he was the most recent. Uh, but yeah, it's an exciting race to watch. Speaking of Jeff McNeil, chasing a National League batting title, second on average. Gross. Uh, five points behind. Uh, six points behind Freddie Freeman. He's batting 323 in the season. Freeman leads all with 329. Also gross. So <laughs> that is another interesting thing <laughs> an to man. monitor. But our final point from baseball-wise, the playoffs are close. I mean, the playoffs are right around the corner. So exciting. It was a great regular season. It's not over yet. Still a lot of things to be decided. But, again, it's just you have to look forward. It's just so exciting that the playoffs are so close. Who's pumped, Jack? I think Who I is I am. A lot of people should be. A lot of Phillies fans should be with Dude, how close they let's are to the go, playoffs. Oh,
1: man. we got to get this drought over with. And then, I mean, we're going to be playing either the Braves or the Mets. Which so. is crazy That it's going to be A divisional series And it
0: certainly appears That two teams Will end their drafts this year Oh the longest. Mariners The Haulu. Mariners And Haulu. the Phillies Who's going to
1: take over The longest the drought Because first and second Are going down That's a good question Speaking of first and second For that stuff uh, Gene Segura And JT Realmuto, Muto Two uh, active players With the most uh, Most games played Without a playoff appearance Coming to an end here We're seeing the dying days Of those streaks At- Both on the fills.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for MLB discussion. We are going to shift into college football. We're going to recap the most exciting games from Week Two and preview some very exciting matchups on the way. Excuse me for Week Three and the final half an hour or so of our show, really about twenty-five minutes. But Alabama Who's Texas. counting. Who is counting exactly? Alabama and Texas. Who? What a game! Gus Johnson on the call. This was fun. So it was the big noon kickoff. Yep. Uh, for last Saturday, and, you know, we were at Kutztown's game. I was just going to mention that, yeah, because we... I was up in the booth, you yep. were down on the sideline, doing a great job with your sideline Wow, debut, that's a,
1: that's a little bit of a, a reach there, but no, you were doing outstanding. You and uh, Mr. Josh Toot up in the booth with the 24-19 Kutztown win, everybody, first of the season. Absolutely, and I'll break that down with Josh on Friday's episode of the Bears Beat. Bears Beat, beat baby. Oh, so, look at that, three, three Bs. But, uh, yeah, so we, you know, you drop me off, like the gentleman you are, uh, after a long day's work, drop me off back at uh, Golden Bear, and I, I, you know, walk into some texts, and I'm like, what's happening with Alabama? So I turn it on, and I got to watch the final drive as Alabama, by the skin of their uh, crimson-tied chin, uh, barely avoids the big upset to Texas. So, I mean, it was exciting, though, but, I mean, just... The quarterback play was spectacular on that final drive. He looks like a
0: uh, you know great NFL player uh, soon to be. Yeah, Bryce Young looked yeah, phenomenal. Made yep. a great play to escape a sack and get a big rush, set him up. Oh, he looked at right. the right. They had him. Yes, they did. That was like
1: the the Wentz play in 2017 against the at the time Redskins.
0: So yeah, jeez, uh, I mean, what a game. Alabama's run game. Not look good outside not of one good. big run. Wide receivers really couldn't produce much. And the offensive line is a glaring weakness for this Bama team. They have a lot to work on, Undisciplined game. Uh, but for Texas, a lot of positives. Quinn Ewers looked really good until he got hurt, but he is out four to six weeks with an SC sprain, um, where your shoulder meets your collarbone. So, I was going to say, what is that? So that is a unfortunate injury for him. He had Heisman hopeful aspirations. I'm not going to say he was a Heisman contender, but he was a Heisman hopeful. Uh, but you know, for Sark and the Horns, you gotta be very happy uh, with a lot of the things they came in this game. Of course, you would have liked to get the win and start two and zero. But this Longhorns defense looks legit, and they are definitely a contender in the Big Twelve, right up with Oklahoma and Baylor.
1: Yeah, really, uh, really gutsy um, game. They they controlled a, a good amount of it, but. I mean, Bama—they're the number one for
0: for a reason. They you know, they they came back and they they got it done. So absolutely, but the road woes continue for the Tide. You know, in 2021, they had a tight win at Florida in the swamp. At A and M, they lost, and then late in the year at Jordan Hare Stadium in Auburn, they got by 24-22 in overtime. Uh, and so far in 2022, the road struggles continue. They were able to just narrowly escape uh, the blaring uh, the blaring heat and you know great stadium atmosphere in Austin, Texas. Uh, against the Horns of the one-point win, but, you know, a lot of similar trends on the road coming over from last year for this tied team.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's a really interesting trend that you bring up. You know, I, I remember that Auburn game. That was, you know, insane, and, and like like you mentioned, it was a close win. This was a close win. It, it really has the same vibe, and college football is interesting to me because, you know, in the NFL, it's like, well, winning by two, it's the same as winning by 20. In college football, that's not the truth. You know, you have to look at how how Bama looks on these road games. You have to look at the intricacies of it, and uh, you know, I don't I, I don't think it's going to shake up their ranking at all, right? So,
0: though they are number two in the AP, oh now. they dropped from oh they dropped from one to two. So Georgia is the new number one team in wow. the country. I agree with that, though. They good are the see, best. Team. Good to see OSU not number two anymore. So. Yeah, but um, you know that's really all we got to take away from that game. Hudson Card, the backup, one more point for Texas. Uh, he was playing on one leg. He was hobbling around. He was injured. Ooh, yeah. So he kept him in that game though, and that brings up an interesting game for Texas this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on yep. in the show. Another great game from last week. A pair of upsets. We'll get to about. Oh, we'll get to man. quickly before we take our break. We can't avoid this. Marshall and Notre Dame. no. The Irish. As soon as I jump on the bandwagon. Fall at home to the thundering herd. And I pose a question because our next upset happened from a Sunbelt team, too. Who in the... Whoa, 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 buddy. What in the name of anything? I mean, wow. Who ticked off the Sunbelt?
1: Sunbelt. Man, dude, they've been angry for about 200 years. Old Dominion beat
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Old Dominion beats Virginia Tech in Week 0. They're a Sunbelt team beating a Power 5 school. And this week, Marshall goes in to Notre Dame and gets a win. And then we'll talk about that the uh, the next one with Apsey and A&M. But for Marshall and Notre Dame, it was flat out. Marshall was the better team in this game. Uh, you know, you might say, well, Jack, that's obvious because they pull off the upset. But no, Marshall looked... Like they were the better team on this Saturday, yep. they looked like they outclassed Notre Dame, out physical Notre Dame, uh, and it's a discouraging performance to see if you're an Irish fan. This offense looked terrible, and there's you know there could be a lot, lot of future problems for Notre Dame if they can't fix some things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think
1: I kind of felt this. I I said after the they led the third after the third quarter against OSU, but I mean after that even really into the second half it was utter domination they at that point started to look like they didn't belong in the same class as osu and they did enough for me to come in here and say to jack i told you so man but uh i mean i think this uh solidifies that no they were not for real as that number five team and uh just wow you're absolutely right just outclassed outplayed out everything
0: by marshall here A, a team i'm gonna be honest i had never heard of before this Yeah, so the Thundering Herd pull off a shocker in week number two. We're going to step aside on the Wednesday windup for our final break of today's show. When we come back, we'll recap week two, upsets, other games, and preview all ahead in week three. Stick with us for the last 20 minutes after this break. And welcome back to the Wednesday windup. Jack Heim alongside Mitchell Smedley getting back in to our college football discussion i'm very sorry to burst out and he's back just in time (laughs) he taps the toes (laughs) i started that intro and mitch was not in the room Uh, (laughs) dude credit to you though okay if we hadn't just broken
1: out laughing because this is the first time but like credit to you because you were just going to go right along with I heard I I was outside the door, and I go, alongside Mitchell Smedley. And I was like, yes, he's doing it. But then as I sat down, you know, the laughter ensued. I, I'm sorry. Here we
0: I'm, it was not something you You know what to do, in. man. We're just on that same page, yeah, buddy. Sir, it's not that you walked in. It was just the look on your face when you walked in. You just rip open the door, and you're just standing there with a just absolute... Just a big old grin on your face, just <laughs> laughing it up. So Because I knew I was going to beat the
1: clock. Yeah. I, so I knew you still laughter. had a few seconds on the intro. So you brought me to laughter, but... Oh, dude. Oh, I, wow. behind wow. Behind, behind that smile, behind that grin, was pure and utter determination from the Bucks County dude. kid. Dude, oh. from the bathroom next door, man, I was like, I was busting it back here. I, okay, so the problem is, the problem is Jason didn't have the door to the studio open. So on top of all that, I had to grab my ID and swipe in, and and throw that door open with the force of of uh, Nick Bosa. <laughs> yeah, throw the door off the hinges while you're at it. <laughs> Dude, ah, have that removed, as my friend would say. So, but yeah, oh man, he beats the clock, and it's only Jack. You know, seeing things that causes the viewers to understand the situation.
0: Well, we got to get back into college football. Unshow, buddy. Absolutely. Great time, (laughs) as always. Great time, as always. But Marshall Notre Dame, we mentioned how the Irish got outclassed in this game and how the offense looked bad. Adding insult to injury, literally. Their starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, done for the season with an injury. Backup, Drew Pine, got a little bit of action in this game. Uh, The backup, Pine, went three of six for 20 yards at touchdown and an interception. Buckner threw two interceptions on in the game, so you know on the surface level you could be saying, "Oh well, you know in these kind of games, you know Notre Dame loses the turnover battle, and that was it. You know they just coughed the ball up, uh, and Marshall was able to capitalize on the turnover." No, 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 no. That that did happen. They turned the ball over, but Marshall controlled this game. Like we mentioned, the the Thundering herd came into Notre Dame, uh, and they they controlled the game uh, as a heavy underdog. So all credit to them. Interesting to see where Notre Dame goes from here. They got Cal this upcoming week at home; should be a win before they travel to Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels in an interesting now Week Four matchup. We just
1: played Cal, see,
0: didn't we? To see if uh, Notre Dame, yeah, we did. We yeah, did just yeah. play Cal, U of Pennsylvania, yeah. not Cal Berkeley. <laughs> I,
1: I know. So, but uh, hey, Penn State but, can beat them, so why can't uh,
0: Notre Dame? <laughs> yeah, why? Why can't they? But not what if Jack we're... won? What if, wait, what if Jack won? We're bringing back that slogan. <laughs> Dude, that was a long time ago. That was, man. That was forever ago. Uh, but App State, a and we're keeping it with the Sun Belt upsets. If I were to tell you, no context to the final score, if you did not know the final score of this game, if Appalachian State scored 17 points, you would say, okay, you know, they scored 17, but A&M probably was able to win by double digits. You no, know, 31-17 final, you would think, right? I would think, Jack. Well, you would be thinking wrong. Why would I like, be
1: thinking wrong? Because App State.
0: How dare you speak to me in that manner? App State wins 17-14 to 14 in a stunner of all stunners. <coughs> and you want to talk to me? Excuse yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I'm turning into you. So, padlock stats galore, folks. If you look up and down these team stats, there is alarming things it's, side. it's It is ugly. You think we, that game undered? We thought Marshall controlled the game. We did. App State controlled it to a different level. Time of possession, Appalachian State, 41 minutes, oh 29 seconds. Texas A&M, the sixth team in the country. 18 18 minutes and 17 seconds. Seven. You were so, close.
1: Okay, well, where's the other 14
0: seconds? No, probably kickoffs and all that stuff. That's
1: still possession. Well, no, uh, maybe not. You, I'm yeah,
0: sorry. So. Um, but yeah, total yards, App State 315, A&M 180, first downs 22 for the Mountaineers, nine for the Aggies. I mean, it was just a, it was a massacre. I mean, that is whoa, what you have to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was just, it, it was a beatdown. You know, the final score doesn't represent it that way, but Appalachian say, was State.
1: was 17-14.
0: Appalachian State controlled this game in every sense of the word, uh, and it's ugly. And a it doesn't get easier for them. They got the, the Canes rolling into town this next Ooh, week. Oh, baby. Uh, top 25 matchup. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, All credit to App State. What a win. Um, so,
1: Isn't it ironic that uh, App State, when they score 17 total, wins, but when they put up 40 in the fourth quarter alone, they lose. They
0: lose. Well, I mean, what a, what a flip. What an absolute flip. Tennessee and Pitt. The Vols go up to Pitt and take down the Panthers, 34-27 in overtime. Tennessee held Pitt's rushing attack and check outside of a 76-yard run for a touchdown. The Vols' offense looks solid with Hendon Hooker at the helm, but can they win Tennessee games? They haven't had to, you know, go out there and say, hey, you know, can you lead us down the field for a game-winning drive? Uh, But, you know, I think they can. Hasn't been proven yet. Uh, But for Pitt, Keaton Slavis, the starting quarterback, left the game, and their backup only looked all right. So, interesting You know, ahead for the Panthers. Will they be able to get the job done if Slovis isn't around?
1: I doubt it. So I don't particularly like them, even with them. So So.
0: we're gonna go to Kentucky and Florida. You know, quickly now going through our week twos before we preview week three here in the final segment of today's show. But the Wildcats go down to the swamp and they take down the Gators with a final score of twenty-six to sixteen. Not the greatest game on offense for the Gators. Sounds like a
1: lot of field goals.
0: Anthony Richardson, 14 of 35. 143 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. A QB a quarterback rating of 3.8.
1: Oh my. 3.8. <laughs> 3, 3.
0: 8.
1: That's as many points as Dak Prescott got me this week.
0: Yeah. Um, horrible game. I mean, R- the Richardson hype train was there after the first 3.8 on the Utah. same scale. Up to like, what does it go to? One twenty-one. Perfect pass rating, I think it's a 156. Yeah, 156, I thought. So. Wow. Yeah. Horrible game. Did he make a pass? Like, completed 14. Wow. That should get you more than three points. Um, but. Now, there were some horrendous throws in that game, but yeah, the Richardson hype train was alive and well after they stunned Utah 29-26 in week one, but Kentucky went in there and won one, and you know, people, people doubted the Wildcats, but I am not. I am a Wildcats believer. I am all aboard the Mark Stoops train. The Wildcats are a wagon in the SEC East this year, of course, behind Georgia, who's the number one team in the country, but this is the second best team in the SEC East in my mind. You know, you got Tennessee and Florida close behind for third, but... Right now, it's Kentucky for me in second. The offense doesn't blow you away. These stats, you know, their leading rusher, uh, Kavasi Smoke, goes for 14 carries, 80 yards. That's 5.7 a carry. I mean, that's not, that's, that's all right. That's pretty good. Nah. Uh, um, but, yeah. you know, 38 carries in total, 70 yards, 1.8 a rush. That's bad. That's not a rushing attack at all. That is no rushing attack by any means uh, just because of the production from all the other rushers, not Smoke. Uh, but, and then Will Levis 13 to 24 202 through the air one touchdown one pick but he made the throws he had to you know the, the these stats are not ones that jump off the page but he was, made the throws he had to make uh, and they were big throws at that. Mitch, before I let you comment on that, quick message for the KUR notebook: to educate community, join the Women's Center on Tuesday, October 11th, from three to four p.m. at the Boxwood House for "Hack Your Hormones," a presentation on your hormonal what? cycles, on how to optimize efficiency <laughs> in a patriarchal society. You do not want to miss this informative event, so please attend. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice. I South will Kirsten be University, there, KUR. So <laughs> interesting, number guy. You know, yeah. I mean. I guess Jack's speechless. Everybody I don't know what to say, <laughs> uh,
1: but sometimes all
0: you can do is laugh. Yeah. All I guess all you can do is laugh. So Kentucky versus Florida. Uh, that one is interesting, but I think Kentucky will be four and going into an interesting week, five matchup uh, against, and I just, Back out of my my schedule come thing, on so man let me let me get back to it but i think what you're saying
1: is uh they're you know someone correct about kentucky though being second best
0: yeah in that uh that
1: division it's a modest second you know georgia is just far and away better but uh like you, like you're reading off these stats are they're modest they're good not great and i think that's what the second place
0: in, in this division is going to be good not great absolutely well they're going to be four and going into an w- interesting week five matchup in oxford Uh, Mississippi against Ole Miss. Oh, different Oxford. (laughs) Against Ole Miss. Uh, That'll be a top 20 showdown as Kentucky's upcoming schedule is home against Youngstown State, home against Northern Illinois. Those will be two wins. Yep. Uh, But that should set up a great Week 5 matchup. Can't wait. So, interesting one at that. Final Week 2 game, Baylor-BYU. Crazy ending to this one. Missed field goal to end regulation by BYU from 35 yards out. First possession of overtime, Baylor, 43-yard field goal. No good. Wide (laughs) right. What is with the kicking this week, Jack? BYU, a chance to win the game. 37-yarder, up and no good. Double overtime, touchdown, BYU. Baylor can't respond. 26-20, double OT win for the Cougars. Despite being down their top two wide receivers, what an impressive win.
1: Well, this is one of those games, it's like, is it a win? You should have lost here, but you won. We had a couple of these in the NFL. Like, you know, the tie in the uh, Cincy-Pittsburgh game. And, And it's just like, I don't i'm so torn and so many of these just happen at once like i don't know what to do with these games if like the cincy pittsburgh thing happened you know like and then a couple weeks later these other games with the missed kicks and all the the debauchery at the end goes down and i see how the winning and losing teams look after these like games like this i would i would have more of a comment but it's like i really don't know what to do with either of these teams in these scenarios you know losing the top receivers and Winning and and but should have lost and and kind of lost but then didn't and then should have won and so, you know it's crazy yeah it's, I really just it's it's one of the things now I'm going to be definitely paying attention to see how the teams that have been a part of these odd
0: games you know how they do absolutely well BYU's got a fun one this week at Oregon 25th, 25th ranked Ducks up the in Ducks, Eugene. Baby. 12th ranked BYU, Oregon is favored by three and a half. We'll get to that one in just a minute. Just three and a half? But, you know, we're going to get to that. Actually, you know what? Right now, we, I thought we had another week two game to get to, but we don't. Cougars and Ducks. Hmm. Top 25 showdown. 12 versus 25, and it's only you three and a half. You saw how bad. You saw how bad Oregon looked week one against Georgia. They turned things around in a mop-up game week two. I believe it was against Eastern Washington. Now they go week three in a tough one against BYU at home. And I think the Cougars really could pull off this upset. I do. I, I like BYU. The stock for me is skyrocketing. Uh, but this is going to be interesting. when to monitor that is a 3:30 kickoff on Fox, so we could potentially see Gus Johnson in the call. That oh morning. man, no, he's going to be at he's going to be at Oklahoma Nebraska in big noon kickoff. He's going to be at Oklahoma Nebraska oh. for the big noon kickoff. Okay. So speaking of Nebraska, they fired Scott Frost. You oh yeah yeah yeah, this he's did gone. flash across my headlines. So you know, an interesting thing about that. Before we get into some more Week Three previews, it's just. They, they were willing to pay Scott Frost seven and a half more million dollars to get out the door now than they would have had to give him <laughs> in three weeks. They could have kept Scott Frost for three more weeks, three paid more him a little less money, get him out of here, still in the same season. It's an average but, of two and a half million dollars a week. So they they decide to say nope, uh, we're gonna let you go now, and that just shows how bad the state of the program is in the upper you know people in the athletic department of the Huskers. That's a rough one, baby. That's a rough one. So the coaching search will begin. Right now, for the Huskers, they have an interim guy, but for next season, in the offseason, they will be going through that process of trying to find the next guy to bring Nebraska back to its former glory as one of the juggernauts of college football back in the 90s, winning the '97 college football championship under the guide of Scott Frost, a quarterback. So, how the turntables? Michael Scott from the office quoted. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, that's an interesting headline, but week three previews, more of them. Uh, Penn State Let's and go. Auburn. This is the one This is the one watching. I want to spend three uh, a lot of time on here because. It's close. Uh, it's close. This is a close game last year up in Happy Valley. Yeah. Penn State won it in a nail-biter. But there's something about that Jordan-Hare atmosphere. Jordan-Hare Stadium down Stop in it. Auburn, Alabama. Stop it's an it. eerie environment. And I'm not saying Penn State's going to lose.
1: That's what you're saying. But go
0: ask Alabama and Georgia what it's like to go into that stadium and in an afternoon and a night game when it's going to be an electric them. environment. Because we've seen the likes of Nick Saban and Alabama go in there with talented teams. Teams that, you know, if you're comparing, comparatively looking at the rosters, are leaps and bounds better than Auburn. But the Tigers find a way to win because weird things happen in that stadium. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, but just as a you know fan of the game, You know, you look a couple, you know, in the the miracle run for Auburn, it's a national title. They beat Georgia on that tipped ball up in the air. Jordan Lewis comes down with it. It's a late touchdown. They win at 43-37. You know, so many weird things happen in that stadium. Even last year, you know, Obama was way better than Auburn. Mm -hmm. Auburn was having an average season at best, and they almost lost in double overtime. So it's just that environment there is it finds a way to creep on you and it gets you. It just. I always you think can back fall to that, Chris into Davis, that trap Davis. Uh, yeah, kicks. Auburn's gonna win the football game. Yeah, absolutely. I love that call. So it's just, it's incredible how that atmosphere in that stadium produces so many weird moments. I think we could be in store for more this week. No, we're not. But just quiet. It definitely could happen. <laughs> I think Penn State will win, but I, you know, Auburn is certainly capable of pulling off the upset in some weird things. Penn State has some clear-cut advantages. Uh the offense for Penn State is just. Better than the Auburn offense. And one of the big problems for Auburn is their passing game. Uh, T.J. Finley will not be able to win them the game through the air. Uh, the Auburn rushing attack is very good, but their passing game is not. Stack the box, make T.J. Finley throw the ball, and beat you. Because they have a you know they have a lot of backs down there in Auburn that they can mix and match and throw in at you. Uh, but, you know, another big concern for me, Mitch, if I were to ask you what would James Franklin's road record be through 38 games on the road Ooh. at Penn State, what would it be? What would on you, the road what would at guess?
1: Penn State, uh, oh, Dude, oh man. Uh 38 games you said? Yep. Okay, give me 26 and 12. 19 and 18.
0: Oh, his road record at Penn State. Going that's only
1: that's only 37 games. was not. 19 plus
0: 18. It's 37. Uh yeah, it was 37. Oh, 38. I thought you said 38. Okay, if I said 38, I if meant you said to be 37. If you said 37, then I to be 37. I meant it to I be 37. Like I meant here, it but... 37. Okay. If I said 38. Right. But yes, 19 and 18. Wow. Is his road record at Penn State? Barely well, I'm, above I'm 500. Really a, I'm not really a fan of
1: him, but. Barely wow, I above 500. That. Oh, that's so rough. So not a and he just lot got, of success on the road. And he just got one in Purdue.
0: Barely, yeah, exactly. So it was fun. It was close. Uh, one of the big notes for me to monitor, though, can Penn State run the ball effectively? Because they did it last week with Nick Singleton against Ohio. Yep. But they really couldn't run the ball that much at all against Purdue. No, I was waiting for it against Purdue with Singleton, and it just wasn't getting
1: there. So against it was an, uh, Clifford that had yeah. to eventually win the game. So. Yep.
0: So against an SEC defense, can Penn State get things done? I am not sure. Miami and a quickly, is another thing we got to talk about before we hop off today. Can AM rebound? Their offense looked abysmal last week against App State. Can they recover? It's going to be a tough environment for Mario Cristobal in his first year with the Canes to go in there and get a win. I do like A&M. That is my best bet of the week if I had to give one. Um, It's my favorite pick. I think people are just going to be like, take the points for Miami. Take the points. I think this is going to be a motivated effort for this Aggies team. They're going to win this game, and they're going to cover five and a half. Okay. so We'll check you on that one. Absolutely. Some quick games to watch before we sign off, though. FSU Louisville on Friday. Mississippi State versus LSU SEC showdown on Saturday. Michigan State, Washington. Purdue, and Syracuse, along with UTSA in Texas because of the quarterback situation in Texas. That is going to do it for today's show. Mitchell Smithy to my left. I'm Jack Heim. We'll see you on Monday for the Wednesday windup with a great weekend ahead of college football and NFL. So enjoy watching this weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Thanks, guys.